Leading Britain's conversation. You're listening to a podcast of The Steve Allen Show from LBC. Morning, a very nice to be company. Welcome to Friday, the 19th of October. I do hate that expression. I hate that end-of-life care expression because it's it, it sums up so many things and there'll be so many people going through things like that even at this time of the morning it's just it's terrible there's no easy way to get through it but it, it's it's when you actually analyze it and you think exactly what it means it's kind of transversing you from this world into whatever else it is uh, that we think we we go to on the program today is it the release of Anjam Chowdhury will there be a new terror wave is he allowed to do anything apparently not uh, and he'll be at a bail hostel. Let's hope he stays there for the rest of his life. Make one mistake, sonny boy, and back inside you go. Uh, so I think there's no access to the internet. There's no uh, preaching on the street, anything like that. What did your waist size say about you? In my case, it says you're fat. And the Beckham's marriage is such hard work for all of us. You know, one of these days we'll get a rest from them, won't we? Well, one always hopes so. Uh, plus, rich Britannia. Do you know we've got the most millionaires of any European nature, uh, a nation? Which is, which is interesting, isn't it? Because I'm often looking through the papers and they say so-and-so's a multimillionaire and this person's a millionaire. And you think, yeah, but so many of them don't live here. They, they go and live elsewhere. We get more bang for your bucks. Uh, also, Kira Knightley complaining the other day she's not letting her uh, daughter watch Cinderella or what was the other one she wasn't letting her watch? It was something else, actually. And, uh, and then somebody else came up with the brilliant idea of, of not letting your children watch any Kira Knightley. Uh, films because in one of them Love Actually it's absolutely it's it's the classic Cinderella story so they never get it right do they these people they always make some mistake uh, Marks and Spencers won't ditch their sexist man size tissues and Amy Lame comes back we did ask the other day actually what Amy Lame did she's apparently sort of um, a comedian sort of although I don't think anybody's seen her recently and, uh, and then she gets a job. I think Sadiq Khan gave her a job as the night czar. And then she was complaining the other day about some... And I can't remember what it is. I think it's a sandwich. She's complained about the name of a Marks and Spencer sandwich. We find out what it is. Because I, I remember thinking... I mean, how can you complain about a Marks and Spencer sandwich? This is Amy LaMay. You know. I mean, she's not even British. And she's our night czar. We never really understood what the night czar was. We did. So what, what she's done is... She's complained, I think about the gentleman's smoked chicken Caesar roll, because it's sexist. Amy Lame, so-called, says, I never knew sandwiches were gender-specific. I'm female, but thankfully Waitrose let me purchase this anyway. Oh, God, honestly, nothing worse than somebody who is unfunny as well. Waitrose have had to say it's never our intention to cause offence. We're not dictating who should eat the sandwich. We hope anybody who tries it will love the distinctive flavours. However, we are planning to change the name of it. So, uh I see that Amy Lame has tagged the organisation Everyday Sexism. Oh, God. I never knew sandwiches were gender-specific. They're not when you shove them in your gob, are they, really? She says, but Waitrose let me purchase it. You're not funny, even when you're trying to be funny and ironic. You really aren't. Enough already. We don't want any more of this stupid... Honestly, some people so dull. What was the other thing that we complained about yesterday? Which Tom Swarbrick was Kleenex, man-sized tissues. They're man-sized. They're big. Girlies have little things up their sleeve. My mother used to have a little hanky up her sleeve. That was where it was. Ladies tucked them up there. Can't tuck a man-sized tissue up there, can you? And, uh, Steve, why does Victoria Beckham keep secret the fact that Norman Wisdom was her grandfather? I don't think he was, actually. I, th- I would think that would be rather difficult. Do you not think so? I mean, how do you think that would work out? How do you think that would work out? What, you're telling me that her... 
her mother's father was Norman Wisdom? I don't think so. I don't think so. I don't think, actually... Because that, that, would, that would be really bizarre, wouldn't it? Says Karen, who's in a place called St Leonard's, which makes it sound like a maximum security twilight home, doesn't it? Cold steel potties and sawdust on the floor and all the rest of it. No. I mean, why does she keep it secret? Because it's not true. That would be silly, wouldn't it? That'd be silly to think things like that. We, we, we've heard some stories. By God, have we heard some stories, Karen. And uh, the fact that there is a place called St Leonard's would be the first one. I don't know where it is. Is it... Is it near Hastings? Well, that's God's waiting room, isn't it? You see people sitting in bus shelters waiting, waiting for the call from the Grim Reaper. But it is awful, isn't it? When I heard that expression on the news with Josh, it was, it's, sort of, it's used all the time when people say, you know, end-of-life care. And I understand what it is. I know what it is. It's just that when you think about it, it's, it's awful. You know, if you're a person who's going through it with a relative or a loved one or a partner or something like that, it's awful. Because it is. It depends what your beliefs are, though, doesn't it? It's, it's awful to think. That's it. You know, we end this, this life. I mean, I don't know what I believe. I really don't. I'm not sure if I think we all go and sit on a fluffy white cloud and we can watch what's going on. I quite like that idea. I like the idea of being able to see the way the world is, is changing. But, uh, but at, at the same time, I'm not sure if I believe I'm going to bump into anybody that I knew before. I wasn't, I wasn't sure about that. So if, if, if you die which obviously we're all going to do, whether we like it or not. Do we go up to heaven, or, you know, do we go to the very hot place downstairs, if you've been naughty? But I don't know what the definition of naughty is. And I thought that the God was, was all-seeing and all-forgiving. So I was, I was hoping, I was hoping that, you know, that th- things would be nice. But whether or, not, whether or not you meet people and talk with them, I don't know. Are we all wearing white? If so, where do we get it from? Is the white company got a branch up in heaven? Should we know about these things? And so when we talk, I don't know. I really don't know. I mean, occasionally I've had little sort of flashes of inspiration. Other days I've not. <laughs> Mainly not. But you sort of think, I wonder whether sort of Dale would come back and have a conversation and say, nice, Steve, you were right. People did turn up. That was what he was worried about beforehand. And strangely, he must have thought about it because he asked me on a few occasions, do you think people would turn up for the funeral? Do you remember? You know, which is the kind of thing you think, well, you know, that would be something nice. Excuse me one minute. What? Because... <clears throat> I've gone very dry recently. You can buy a thing, actually. I think broadcasters use it. It's to keep your mouth moist. And it's like a spray. And it does... And I can't remember what it is. And I did have it, actually. There's so many different sprays out now. I didn't realise. I've just ordered one, which I can't tell you about. But it's, uh, it's, it's a spray. I bought it on Amazon. The stuff you buy on Amazon is amazing. Uh, plus, Debbie McGee is enjoying her new life. She says she might wed again. I would think Paul would want her to... Uh, to wed again. Kelly Brooks gets her boobs out for about the umpteenth time. And uh, in Emmerdale, Rona is on the warpath. It's not real. Okay, I just want to tell you. I'm 80 now, says Dorothy in Wales, and I don't want anybody discussing the end of life care. I shall deal with it when it arises. Yeah, I mean, all that you hope is, you know, we all want, want the same thing. I don't care whether you're five or 50 or 50 or 100. It doesn't make any difference. You know, all everybody says, if you say, oh, how would you like to go? And you go, well, you know, in my sleep would be quite nice. My, my friend Michael had that with his uh, partner. He, uh, he woke up one morning, he thought, wait a minute, he's, he, he's, not, uh, he's not made any noise at all. Looked in the bedroom, looked, couldn't see him moving, even though he was in the bed. And then he realised that he died, and he died in, in the night. And so that's, I think that's kind of the best way to go, isn't it? Dale sort of went, he said he was tired, he was going off to bed, and then sort of collapsed in the, in the bedroom, and that was that. I wonder if you know these things. 
Do you think you... I mean, I don't know. I think about it all the time, actually. Are they going to change the name, says Davy in London, of the Pink Lady Apples? I know. Isn't that sexist? That's very sexist. Don't like that at all. <laughs> Although I do like pink ladies. Uh, Phoenix Knights. Peter Kay should have done a third series as Brian Potter, says one of his co-stars. I think that's Dave Spikey. They, had, they all had a big falling out. It was all a bit, a bit embarrassing. And who signed up for Mastermind? The Happy Mondays. Sean Ryder signed up for Mastermind, which is great. What does your waist size reveal about you? You'd be quite surprised when I tell you various celebrities. Uh, the celebrities we won't be doing, Billy Bunter of Greyfriars, and Eamon Holmes. We won't be telling you their waist sizes. I'll tell you my waist size, though. I think I'm fairly average for my sort of height. Uh, also, will Anjam Chowdhury be released today? Will they smuggle him out? Will he be taken straight to the bail hostel? He's under strict curfew, I believe. There's no access to the internet, although, you know, he tells lies anyway. He only served two years of a sentence. Perhaps we can get him back in prison again fairly, uh, fairly quickly. And uh, how long will it be before these people are petitioning for the Isle of Man to be changed to the Isle of People, says Simon the Milkman, or something similar? I mean, it's ridiculous. Whatever next? Gender-specific sandwich? Oh, perhaps Amy Lame will come up with something. She was never funny first time around. Perhaps I mean, they're not seriously going to put her on television to discuss it. The, the, the people will be taking the mickey out of her. They don't put her on Loose Women very often, if ever. Does that mean now we can't have, says Javier... Uh, Ploughman's Lunch anymore. Will it be renamed Ploughperson's Lunch? I despair. Well, if they're complaining about that gentleman's relish thing, blah, 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 why why would she not complain about a ploughman's lunch? Pink lady apples. It's because she's an attention-seeking nobody. That's what it comes down to. It's just, like, oh, I think I'll be doing that. And you're like, no, you, you haven't followed it through at all, have you? That's why you weren't really very funny as a comedienne. Or comedian. Can we call you a comedian? I thought we call everybody comedians now. We don't bother with comedienne because it sounds sexist to differentiate between men and women. Even though Amy Lame knows she doesn't look like any bloke I've ever met before. Shane says, I was thinking of going down to Bondi this morning. The royals were there, but I thought too many people. Apparently Elvis Presley would go out late at night to be by himself. Do you think the royals get sick of being crowded? Nope. Nope, not at all. No, they love it. They love it because when you think about it, they're not celebrities. They're not like performing on a stage. They kind of live these sedentary lives. And so when they go out and we go, oh, I really want to meet you kind of thing. And so on Bondi Beach, there weren't that many people there. There were more for Paris Hilton the week before. I saw it yesterday on the on the television. So it, it's very... And also, she's looking at him in one of the pictures as if to say, is this a job? You get, we just go out, we go on holiday and people give you these naff presents and then... Everybody wants to take your picture and do a group hug or something like that. Very dangerous. Harry started letting girls hug him. No boys, I noticed. Very sexist. Why is he doing that? Is he alienating the gay fans of the, of the royal family? Because he hasn't done anything with the boys. It's only with the girls. Very sexist. But there again, that's Harry. Uh, to me, Chowdhury, says Bish, being released today is the cherry on the cake of a humiliating week. Brexit disarray. DWP having to reimburse over one and a half billion for an unholy cock-up. Test train bringing padding to, an, to a halt. And the snowflakes letting tissues wind them up. In the words of a certain Mr Meldrew, I don't believe it. I agree with you. I agree with you. It is stupid, actually. I mean, it, it, it really is. You know, uh, I've listened to your show for the last three years, says Mick. I've been on night shift today. I'm leaving my job, so I won't be around to hear you anymore. And I'm not getting up at 4am for anybody. Don't worry. The audience at the moment is going through the roof. Seriously, I can, I can lose one, one person. It's, uh, it's, it's no hardship. 
You'll come crawling back, I promise you. Ian says, why don't men just capitulate and let's call everything formally having man in its name transferred to women? Women's tissues, women's sandwiches, strong women, post-women, gentlewomen. Let's let them have their own way. And us men, sorry, women, can just walk away and snigger at the endless, fruitless flight. Yes. I mean, I, I, it's so stupid. It is so stupid. The, the future is clear, non-specific, gender-free. PC robots, happy future, says Billy. And Tom says the wife uses man-sized tissues. It's all she can use. Got a nose like an anteater. Thank you. I have an assistant producer today who has a big nose. Not my words. He told us yesterday. I was the one going, no, and he said, I'm Armenian. And I went, oh, I wasn't sure. Perhaps that's a, perhaps that's a trait, isn't it? Do you want to know the time? I'm ready to give you the time. I'm, th- I'm at that kind of level this morning, worrying about the Beckham's marriage, worrying about whether he might actually finally get rid of her and uh, we can all get on with our lives because at the moment it's become too boring. You're listening to a podcast from LBC. Morning, a pretty nice day, company. Welcome to Friday, which is good. So in all the papers today, just when you think perhaps we could have a couple of days off from the Beckhams, the attention-seeking Beckhams, we've come up with some boring interview with the hair transplant man talking about marriage to Victoria is always hard work. So, of course, that then drags out all the experts in the newspapers going, well, of course, by body language, you can tell that they're not really together. And by what they're saying, it means that they're not really together. They have separate lives. And uh, you can imagine anything, you know, over the age of doing the ABC bricks would be very taxing for poor old Bex. But uh, they've got some gardeners in to do their garden. I mean, it's not like he's doing anything else. Perhaps he could get the kids out there. I mean, he hasn't had a job in ages. He hasn't done anything. He's sort of popped up doing a few little things. You think, can't you get out in the garden, mate? Your life's going to be a bit of a bit of a waste for the time. I mean, at the moment, you've got that hair stuck on your head. I mean, at some point, it's going to drop out, I'm assuming. And he tells of this hard, hard work. He says, sometimes it's the little things that make the big difference, I've noticed, with my children. The trouble is he's at the same intellectual level as the children, isn't he, really? But uh, a spokeswoman for the couple uh, slammed the fact that they were about to divorce as Chinese whispers and says it's a crock of, then used a very rude word. I mean, well then, well then stop putting them in the blooming papers all the time. Stop letting him open his mouth. You know, Beckham going, our marriage, it gets complicated. Well, why? He doesn't actually tell you. Why? Because probably doesn't know. She was the one who said, we both realise we're stronger together than we are as individuals. Yeah, well, she needs Brown Beckham. That's what they need. But they're hardly ever together. Unless it's for something that, you know, they've been wed for 19 years, but they've been dogged by rumours that the relationship's far from rosy, mainly because of him. Mainly because of him and some of the things that the papers have alleged he's sort of got up to. So he's interviewed for Channel 10 in Australia. Why wasn't he interviewed here on Loose Women? Why has he not been on this morning with Pip and uh, and um, and what's his face, her face, Holly Willabooby? Why is he not on there? What's he doing something in Australia for? Is he advertising pants in Australia as well? Do let us know, please. Halloween, it's going to give the high street the boost. Uh, do you know we splurge four hundred nineteen million pounds on Halloween stuff? Who does that? So I got a picture. Of, you remember yesterday we had Holly Willabooby and she was dressed up as Morticia. Uh, and of course, I remember thinking, why would she dress up as Morticia? It's the celebrity juice Halloween dirge, which we have every year. It's just an opportunity for Holly to sort of dress up as somebody and then they, they stick them in the papers and they just, it's a page, page filler. It's like page three today is Holly, uh, not Holly Brooks, Kelly Brook. Again, how many more times we've got to see that woman in her underwear? I mean, either take it off or just get out the business because you become terribly tedious, terribly tedious. Uh, the council have stopped recycling yoghurt pots. I do love a yoghurt. 
I love a yoghurt. I remember years ago we used to have ski yoghurt. I'm not even sure they do ski yoghurts now. And they were quite nice. And then I went on to Fruit Corners. Then I went on to Muller Light. And now I just do anything that's got, you know, it's sort of this strawberry. But there's never enough fruit. It's all masticated so much inside the pot. that it's, it's little tiddly tiny bits. I bought one the other day. Was it mango and something? Well, unless I put my special reading glasses on with the magnification, I wouldn't have seen any bits of mango in there at all. And I like to see a bit of fruit. I'm not asking for it, you know. I just, but if it says packed full of fruit, I want to see it. It's like if it says on the mince pies, packed full of fruit, vine fruits and this and all the rest of it, lashings of brandy. I'm expecting something that's going to knock me sideways. And it never is like that. You can, although, I, actually, today I might be a bit... I nearly... I told you, we went off the other day and we had Chinese lunchtime and I had a beef curry in this place and it was so delicious. I might have to go back today to Feltham and get another one. <laughs> I don't know why. It was just, uh, we were lucky. We, we, we parked the car on a side road and we didn't get a ticket. Which is only because there was another car that got a ticket and all the other ones had disabled stickers on, but we didn't get a ticket. I mean, how lucky was that? How lucky was that? Which is good. Uh, If you want to have a successful love life, and to be honest with you, after the age of 30, who can be bothered? uh, Get a pet Labrador. That's what it is. You've got to get a pet Labrador. I would say, actually, I always think if you've actually got a dog, it's a great way to meet somebody. You go out walking and, and you meet other dog walkers. And, uh, and you go, what have you got? And you go, it's a dog. I think it is. You know, I'm standing here with a stiff lead. No, it's a dog. And uh, and then the dogs introduce themselves to each other. And you go, no, come away, come away. Because, you know, Darren's only got a little dog who's featured in some of the uh, the live shows. And then strangely enough, I, I, I go to Joe Allen's after I finished doing my interview with Ben Fogel yesterday, who has, uh, who has surrendered to the power of Everest. He went up Everest. Frightening, frightening. You know the reason that you can't take a helicopter to the top is because of the atmosphere. So you have to climb it. Looks blooming dangerous to me. And if you fall down crevasses... On Everest, some of them are more than a mile deep. You know, if you fall down a crevasse on Everest, that's it. You know, lots of people lose their lives on the uh, the great mountain every uh, every year. It's a dangerous place to go. But Ben was in to talk about it. His dad, of course, is Bruce Fogel. And um, we were talking about, you know, walking dogs and all the rest of it. And you do get all the aficionados who walk dogs. Some people walk two or three dogs. I don't know if they're their dogs or somebody else's, but it's always always entertaining. But you always meet people. If you've got a dog, there's always a conversation to be had. It's like working behind a bar. You'll always talk to people. They have to talk to you. There's nobody else to talk to unless they, you know, can serve themselves. So they have to talk to you to get the drinks. But uh, if you're single in a city, get a job in a bar. Go along, get a job. Mm. Much easier. And then you can chat to people or a dog. So perhaps that's what they're talking about. And also the hugging. Remember, we started this hugging thing the other day. And uh, there's a lot of... I do a bit of hugging in here. Only with certain people. I don't do it with everybody. I do do it with a few few people. And um, Harry... Does Dave O'Brien like it? No, no. You'd crease his sort of crimpoline sweater, which he's got on. He was wearing sort of... Because he has a book coming out. He's hardly mentioned it. I mean, seriously. Hardly mentioned it. I don't know. It's a book about... How to be always right or something. I can't remember. The, I get a mention in it. So he knew damn well if, if he gives me a mention, then all of a sudden I'm going to mention it on the show. And there's a detail on his uh, on his Twitter feed, I think, a link to getting it from from Waterstones. He's trying to outsell my so you want to be a celebrity, you know, which was uh, I think it's gone into about its fifth re- reprint. You know, you can't get enough of it. And so many people are taking my advice on how to be a celebrity. It's fame by association. 
You know, once once you've got yourself on a, on a programme, then you need to make sure you make a noise. Don't sit there and be all timid like that. No point in being timid. They need to notice you. If they notice you, then you uh, then you get placed into the front pages of the papers, and that's good. Uh, ben Fogel's new programme, says Christine, Lives in the Wild, is just amazing. He's very nice. We've done him a few times, actually, and I did him yesterday. But this weekend, it's Ross Noble and Bonnie Langford. Uh, Bonnie's in 42nd Street, and I urge you, go see it. That and Kinky Boots, you need to see before the new year because they'll be, they'll be out of the theatres. And you need to see 42nd Street because it's big, tap dancing, showbiz, razzmatazz, whoopee! You need to go see that one. That's uh, well worth it. And exactly the same for Kinky Boots. It's a really good company, really tight, and a really good show. You walk out with a big smile on your face, which is exactly what, uh, what you want. Uh, so fracking, yeah, we talked about fracking. There's a picture of the three frackers who were who were taken away and incarcerated and then they got released again. Uh, also, the sure signs in the newspaper today that you've hit middle age. You see, I, I thought middle age would be something like 43 because, you know, not many of us are going to make it to 86. I don't think so. You know, in fact, to be quite honest, I'm a bit surprised I've got this far. I was talking about this with my friend Rob Goldstone the other day. He's He's in town. With uh, with the other half, and uh, it was we went to Joe Allen's. So I did, I did Ben Fogel. Then I tootled off to them. We had a we had what I call a late breakfast brunch, and it was lovely actually. We caught up with who's still around from the LBC days because Rob Goldstone, as you know, was on in conversation a short while ago, and uh, then he was going up. They were doing something at Soho House, and I can't remember what it was. It sounded very complicated, but I always enjoy Joe Allen's, and uh, going there now for oh god. 40 years, I think. Just under 40 years. 39 years. And uh, always like it. Always like it. Always have a nice time. You can just sit in there and just sort of have a, a drink or coffee or tea or water. Whatever you want, really. Now they've started doing cocktails. Of course, my life is complete. You know, me and cocktails. I love that. So anyway, just going back to the hugging thing. We all do huggings now. But uh, Harry starts hugging, but only the girls. Do you think if, do you think if a boy came up and went, Harry, Harry, like sort of Harry from... Uh, from sort of the only way is Essex, the very, very camp one. Do you think they, they would make him avoid Harry, or would they go, Harry, he wants to have a hug with you? You know, do you think, do you think they'd allow that, or do you think Harry's a bit, uh, uh, you know, uh, I'm not like that, you know, I'm Harry, uh, with women, you know, OK? You know, I might, I might appear to be your friend, but I promise you I'm really not. So I wonder whether or not that would be the case. I'd love somebody to try it. They've never tried it with the royals. Any, any gay men ever tried it on with Charles when he's been out doing his, uh, you know, walkabouts from years ago? Any, no, they seem to sort of... Oh, we've, got, we've got some pretty girls here, Harry. Do I, no, no, hug, hug, this, hug this one. You know, and a couple of old women, because you're fairly safe with the older ladies, aren't you? And uh, one here that says, Whenever I talk with the ladies in our office or I'm being served in stores, I have an innocent habit of ending my conversation with love. OK, love. Thanks, love. Bye, love. I was in a popular store in Doncaster and asked the lady where a certain product was. She told me and I said, thanks, love. She scowled and said, don't call me love. I'm not your love. Well, that's the last time I shopped there. I told my wife. She just laughed. Is it me or is the world full of grumpy, miserable people? The world is full of grumpy, miserable people. People don't want to do uh, love and things like that. Whereas, in fact, northern people do it all the time. You're right, love. They did it in Coronation Street. Nobody complained about that. Ridiculous. And honestly, we've started turning into a nation of... Of sort of man-sized tissues, soaking wet. We used to have a presenter years ago on LBC, and to say that he was he was dripping wet would be an understatement. It's like watching David Dickinson. He's like an oil slick on the television. He really is. He's he's a bit sort of you know, a little bit like Tony Beak, Anton Dubeck. Same sort of thing. 
same sort of thing. It's a little bit slimy, and it's a bit... Oh, it's not quite right, is it? You don't know what it is. You're listening to a podcast from LBC. Morning, everybody. One sign of middle age, Steve. Or getting old is when you look at the back of a now CD case and you don't know any of the tracks. <laughs> I've been like that for years. Seriously, I used to buy the now... I used to buy it thinking I better keep up with sort of the music trends and find out what's being played on our sister stations. And so I bought one of those now, you know, these are the hits of 19... whatever it was. And, and I, go, I didn't know any of the songs. I didn't know any of the songs. There was nothing by the Beatles in there. There was nothing by the Rolling Bones... And, and and I was very disappointed. So I'm, I'm trying to bring myself up to date with music, but unfortunately I'm just rubbish at it. Rich in Battersea is officially middle-aged then, Steve. 43 today. Well, there you go, 43. It's downhill from here on in. Seriously, you'll be tired, exhausted. You'll watch television programmes. You'll complain bitterly about the, the amount of bad language. You'll listen to music and you'll start sort of going, oh, this is rubbish. What are they singing about? La, 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 you know hit me, and it was, oh, dreadful. People pretending to be sort of Jamaican, people pretending to be New Yorkers. Nobody can sing in English anymore. Even people from, you know, from sort of back when used to sing with American accents. I don't know why. Why can't people just sort of sing? Can't they be themselves? You know, it's like we're all really excited about Cheryl's new single. Ah, I joke! I'm so sorry. I wasn't, wasn't being truthful. Nobody cares about Cheryl's new single. It won't get, I mean, put it so if it gets in the charts, it'll be low. Marilyn says, I'm going to boycott Kleenex over their stupid decision to change the name. They're such wusses now. Man-sized tissue. Marston Spencer said, basically, we're keeping man-sized tissues. You know, he gives a forex about a couple of people complaining. Like Amy Lame complaining about the sandwich in Waitrose. And you think, need to get a life, dear. Need to get a life. Gosh, truth, it's just dreadful. It really is so boring. I love a walk on a Sunday through through Greenwich Park. The only people that acknowledge me are the dog walkers and the owners, always bidding me a good day. They do. They say good morning as their dog savages your dog. You don't have to take yours home in a paper bag. Do you know what you don't see in London? I worked it out coming in this morning. What do you not see in London? You can walk through here for as, uh, in Leicester... Oh, Leicester Square. A little bit stiff this morning. Hope it lasts. <laughs> you know. What do you not see in London? What do you not see? Which you would see out in the countryside, and you probably see in villages and places like that. What do you not see in London? I've never seen it in London. Sorry? Cats. Have you ever seen cats walking around in London? Never. Do you see cats sitting by the side of the road going... <whistles> just doing their na- No. You don't see cats. They don't exist. Or do they just exist as flat cats? When I say flat cats, a lot of people live in flats... And my friend had a cat, never went outside. It only stayed in... It didn't know the outside at all. So when it fell out the window one day, I mean, luckily it survived. It was sort of fell into a bush. Uh, a bit like Katie Price when she drives. She's falling into bushes, isn't she? <laughs> and But you don't see cats in London. You'd think you'd maybe see some to keep down the rat population and to keep down the mice and everything. But you don't see cats. Nobody... If you do have cats, people don't let them out. I only thought about the other day. I was looking around going, go on, show me a cat. It's like the other thing. What else do we not see in London? Policemen. We don't see policemen. No policemen. They've all, they've all... Also, what else do we not see? Air raid wardens. Not one air raid warden outside there this morning. There's people f- fracking outside the front door. And I'm thinking, nobody's asked my permission whether they can f- frack outside the front door. And, um, and then and not an air raid warden in sight. Years back, you'd find loads of them. Where have they gone to? It's another one of those jobs. You go to the job centre, they go, what would you like to be? Air raid warden. And it doesn't work. I was watching Michael McIntyre the other day, and he was doing sort of jokes about the family, but they only appeal 
to families with children. So I can't repeat them because it doesn't make any sense if I tell you. I, could, I, could, I couldn't even do it, you know, bringing in my, my godchildren. It doesn't work like that at all. But uh, it, it was very funny and the audience absolutely loved it. Loved it. And I suddenly realised he does family-orientated material. Some of it bit naughty, but, but I, I quite like naughty. So, I mean, I'm, I'm a big fan of naughty. I always think you should push it as far as you can. I mean, are there any things that are off-limits when it comes to, to doing comedy? And the answer is, well, you know, in some people's mind, there's probably quite a bit. But if you go and see certain comedians, you have to expect the fact that they're going to talk about things, you know, which you wouldn't find pleasant in the real world. But because they're a comedian, you have to laugh at it. It's like, you know, can you make jokes about death? and dying and stuff like that? And the answer is, you can. But to somebody who's going through it with a relative, they might not find it funny, but I get no end of letters. I can't tell you how many emails and letters I get from people saying I've had a really bad few months. I mean, like, really, really bad, where everything has collapsed, you know, where the other half's died, and I don't know how to cope with it. And up in the early hours of the morning, turned on the radio, got you. Went back to bed again, and then turned on the radio again and went... And it really is true. He really does sound like that. And so that's what it is. That's that's where radio comes into its own. That's where radio comes into its own, because we've all experienced the same things. I'm no different to any of you listening. Just that I'm better looking and thinner than most of you. But that's the difference. You know, I'm lucky I was picked to be a radio presenter. Why? Because I can fill three hours cheaply. All right? That's that's how it works. There's no point in somebody coming and going, OK, let's talk about Brexit today, because 90% of the audience are going to go click. Because, frankly, until Brexit goes through, and I've, I've had enough of it, I don't want to know anything else. I couldn't care less. We can all guess, can't we? Like we were guessing before about when we died, we go and sit on a fluffy white cloud, and can we look down? You know, can you dematerialise into somebody's bedroom and go, I'm here, I'm all right, I can still see you. Do you think that's what it is? Do you think you could actually convince people that that's how it is? I don't know. Uh, Debbie says, it's cruel to keep a cat indoors. Oh, God, well, you're out on a limb on that one, Debbie. There are thousands and thousands, if not millions, of cats in buildings that don't go outside, uh, especially in flats. Yes, cruel oh, cats. I mean, you can imagine, can't you, people going, what do you mean you've got a cat indoors? Well, some cats, if they've never been outside, they don't miss it. It's just somewhere to play. I mean, I agree. But there again, if, if you've never been on the Lusitania, you're not exactly going to miss it, are you? Or, you know, or something like that. They go, oh, you know, uh, what was it like on the Titanic? I wasn't on the Titanic. They go, we have a cat in, in the flat and it just wanders from room to room and it sleeps on the beds and then it sits at the window and it looks outside. It doesn't want to go there because it doesn't know what it's like. I saw the television ad for the first time the other day, says Padita. Nick looking stern and focused. Madge is dapper in his suit, rented. The dulcet-toned Eddie Mayer. Dave O'Brien fiddling with his face fluff and then shock horror it ended and there was no Steve. You don't need me on there. You don't, seriously, you don't need me on there. I'm, I'm self-supporting, I think they call it. What do they, no, they don't call it self-supporting. I'm self-generating. Pe- people find this programme without any publicity at all. I mean, it's, it's, quite, it's quite uncanny. Whether it's word of mouth or whether it's just people flicking through the dial and going tee, 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 like that and all of a sudden you, you hit on something, you think, I wonder what that is. Before you know where you are, you've done an hour. And then you, and you go, oh, I'm still with it. You get people who become addicted to it for years. Donkey's years. Kevin the Milkman says, just singing now. Oh, it's people's night and the feeling's right. Oh, it's people's night. Oh, what a night. Late December. Is that the one? Is that the same one? Late December back in 63, uh, which I quite liked. Uh, somebody else says, I'm going to boycott Kleenex. OK. And uh, delivering bread is Rob from Farnham. Normally listen to you at four when I'm delivering bread, but now listening to you on Orlando as we're heading to bed. 
How lovely. I quite like that idea. How spooky is this? I've just finished my coffee. Now I'm about to enjoy a gooseberry and elderflower yoghurt. And there you are, talk about yoghurts. Yeah. Pat says, I attended my checkup for the second cataract yesterday. I could read everything on the eye chart test apart from the bottom line. Result, I know, I'm the same. Because I was talking about this yesterday because Rob Goldstone is diabetic as well. But he's only, I think he's only tablet. I'm insulin. Insulin, I always think, puts you in a different bracket. It's quite nice. But no, you, you can see things much, much better after you've had the cataracts done. You get used to putting the eye drops in for as many months as you have to put eye drops in in and uh, and I quite like it if, if you're if you're a doggy person well then you're probably up now because the uh, the dogs want to go for a walk don't they if you've got a garden it's fine or a roof terrace but even roof terraces worry me uh, Anna and Andy on autopilot this morning left Manchester this morning lovely it's always I think leaving Manchester at this time of the morning is quite pleasant <laughs> I like are you flying well you must be actually mightn't you I could think uh, thanks again as always keeping everybody company says John I had a look at the archive, but my searches are coming up empty. Pretty sure you've done an in-conversation with Ian McKellen. No. No. I don't, wait a minute, have I? I have to think back. It's a long time to think back on. I might have done, but I think it might have got lost in the time. And John Hurt. No, I never did John Hurt. I'm doing Eric Idle on Monday. And who else was coming up? There's somebody else coming up as well. And John Bon Jovi still waiting on dates on that one. But I think everybody's waiting on the dates on that one, aren't we? It's, it's one of those sort of things you have to sort of, you just sort of wait and uh, and then eventually everything falls into place and then everybody's happy. Well, at least it's the weekend and today I've got no interviews to do. Uh, I've decided that Friday's going to be my day off. I'll work the mornings and then I'm going to go shopping because I think we must get paid soon. What date? Wait a minute. What's the date today? 19th. Oh, Thursday. We get paid next Thursday. So, this is so exciting. What are you going to do with it? It's difficult to know, isn't it? When you were... You survive. When you were little, though, we used to get paid and it used to come in a little brown envelope. Now it's paid in. What do you get next Thursday? A ray jar. Oh, I'm not bothered about that. <laughs> that spike will still be there. Please, God. <laughs> always worry about it. It's at the 4am. So I always worry about it. You always, you always panic about it. We used to talk about the spike all the time because it was always there. Uh, and... And I can't remember why we thought it was always there. But uh, anyway, it was always there. And we used to sort of say, oh, isn't that great? We got the spike. And then people were writing, shut up about the spike. What are you talking about, the spike? It was was for people who didn't understand, you know, that when when you came on the radio, the audience went, because people woke up specifically at that time. That's how it works. That's how it works. And so through through word of mouth, you kind of get an audience. And once you've got got your all, ask anybody in radio. It it, it works the same for everybody. No no different for me at this time of the morning than it is for people who've got, you know, audiences 10 times my size. You know, my my audience is small, but growing. When I say small, I mean, it's it's big compared to to some radio programmes I could tell you about, but I'm, I'm not that sort of person. Georgina says, you're just Two on form this morning. I've been in hospital trying to get my high potassium level sorted this evening. Was there eight hours and at last I'm finally in bed. But you're now keeping me awake. You can't, you see, if you're in hospital, you need to go. I I find it very difficult to sleep elsewhere. So if I'm staying at a friend's place, uh, I really find it difficult to sleep. If I'm staying in a hotel, I find it difficult to sleep. Because I sleep with the lights on. I don't sleep with lights off. And I think it goes back to childhood. But I found it difficult to sleep. And yet at home, I climbed... Yesterday, I had to send a text to a friend of mine. I, I said to her, I said, I'll, I'll speak to you tomorrow. I've got to go to bed. I climbed into bed, bang, out like that for the count. Lovely. And that was at uh, five o'clock. 
Five o'clock. Well worth it. And today being Friday, I don't know whether to go to Feltham and get a beef curry with egg fried rice because it was really nice. The sauce was delicious. Or whether I can just go and buy the sauce and then bring it back and I'll do it with fillet steak. That's be quite a nice beef curry, wouldn't it? A little bit of fillet steak. Huh, on a slow me doing cooking. Me doing cook. I don't do cooking. Jamie Oliver does cooking. Phil Vickery does cooking. Everybody else does cook. I don't do cookery. The nearest I, I do is steam or reheat. You're listening to a podcast from LBC. Morning, everybody. Nice to have you company. Welcome to Friday. I bet you're relieved. Everybody else is. We get to Friday now. They go, you've made it through the week. We go, yeah, wow, what are you going to do? You go, I don't know. We just made it through the week. We get very excited about Friday. We go, I'm going to do things today. And then you go, no, I'm not. I'm not going to do anything today. I'm just going to be bone idle. I'm going to go and try and buy a belt that fits. I think that'll be my, my achievement today. Because I've, I've suddenly realised, and somebody pointed it out to me the other day, and I can't remember who it was. Obviously somebody better qualified to talk about it than me. I've had the same uh, belt for years on my trousers, and it's a diesel belt. They're, they're quite expensive. They're like 50, 60 quid a belt, up to about £100. And I've worn it on, and it's fantastic, and i put a couple of extra holes in it and things like that. And, and then I thought, it's a, bit, it's a bit manky now. I'll go and get another one. So I go out and buy another belt the other day. I turn over my belt, and it's got, you know, this is the size of it. So I bought the same size. Little realising, of course, that over the years, when I took this belt home and I put it on, it doesn't, doesn't quite meet. You know why? Because the other belt has stretched over the years that I've been wearing it, which must be the best part of 10 to 15 years. The leather has stretched, and so consequently it fits. Whereas the new one, the leather hasn't stretched, and so consequently it doesn't fit. So I'm now stuck with a belt that doesn't I'll have to give it to my brother. 50 quid it was for a belt. £50 for a belt. But, I mean, it's a nice belt. It's very nice. Uh, Danny Dyer, he's going to be doing something about British history. Uh, that's going to be exciting, sort of. It's obviously giving him a new lease of life. It's a, can he do it without swearing? I don't know. Uh, also, love cheat Sean. Caught coat on camera. And uh, here he is, seen out with former partner. I mean, what is it with him? Has he, got a, has he got a death wish or something? Or perhaps she has. Although we're actually told that her... Um, her sort of uh, husband is sort of a little bit drippy. Also, Dave Spikey has blasted Peter Kay and Paddy McGuinness for walking out on Phoenix Nights. He's accused the pair of abandoning the show that launched their careers. Yeah, they all... Fa- I seem to remember... Oh, I had some great gossip the other day. Oh, I can't tell you about it. I can't tell you. If I, oh, I so want to tell you this, this gossip, but I can't tell you. But I met somebody yesterday who did... Oh, uh, who did um, PAing for Bross in the early days. And apparently Matt was a right pain in the rear end. Even then. Even then. And I, I said, oh, wow. Because I actually met them. And, uh, and, and they did, because they, they did a lot of uh, PAing within the business. And, uh, and I said, what, what was he like? He said, oh, it was dreadful. At one point... They, they both refused to leave uh, an air terminal because the right limousine colour had not been provided. They thought that if you didn't have a black, li- black limousine signify that you were celebrity. It was, all, it was all a bit... But they had this problem before. I remember in London, they used to go out, the photographers would take pictures, and then they did something against the photographers. So when they turned up at some, uh, some restaurant, to have dinner, you know, bros, love you, yeah, kind of thing, the photographers all turned their backs on them. And they weren't used to that. They weren't used to that, and they ate humble pie. And they went, sorry, guys, really sorry, and all the rest of it. And then it was all forgiven. But up until then, they thought they were being very clever. And that's what Matt was playing the other day. He can't play humble. He really can't. 
It's uh, a bit embarrassing. Perhaps one day he might. One day he might. But I thought that was such a good story. I was, I was very, very intrigued for that. Also, Fiona Bruce fans were left red-faced when she talked about... Oh. She was, she was touring a sex club. Huh? Fiona Bruce was touring a sex club. Antiques Roadshow's gone off a bit, hasn't it, since I was there. I mean, years ago, we just called it a poker. And uh, I'm done with it. Now, apparently, it's a sex club. And uh, in the parachute murder plot, uh, Fiona Bruce read out a sign above a... I can't even tell you. This programme is not is not qualified to talk about these sort of things. And then she said, right, and told viewers that men would in there. And I can, that's as far as I can tell you. I can't tell you anything else. And um, uh, for, for, there's a former club owner and he was seen at the... Mm, I can't talk about. And with his... Mm, there as well. Apparently he made a married lady in her 40s cry. I mean, what was Fiona Bruce doing this thing for? Apparently somebody said it's not right. Willie's and Fiona Bruce, not in the same sentence. I mean, it's, could you ever heard of such a thing? I mean, there's things in there even I don't understand. Which is quite rare in this day and age, because I understand everything. When we used to get the ice cream man, Mr Whippy, around, little did I realise. <laughs> By Jove, you went round the back there and you got crushed nuts. I tell you, you were in for a good time. Anyway, so, uh, because sometimes we used to have that on our ice cream. Because I didn't want the, uh, the, the sticky uh, chocolate thing, you know, the 99 flake. I used to get crushed nuts. Much better. You could walk away from there with your head held high, ladies and gentlemen. Nobody cared about you. Oh, don't take the mickey out of me. Look what I'm holding. You know, and uh, people used to be afeard. afeard. Although I was still the first one with a banana lolly or a twinny. Still the first one. <laughs> I don't care this morning. To be honest with you, seriously, I, I, re I really don't care. I'm in such a good mood because Christmas is around the corner. I know we've got the, uh, the other things before that, but I'm not doing them. I might do bonfire night because I've still got two rockets in my hall. As you know, and I'm looking forward to letting those off. That's going to be very exciting. And uh, I'm going to go and get some uh, some big, a big, um, big, uh, you know, rockets. Uh, Jackie says, why don't you take the belt back and change it for a larger size? No, I'll just give it to my brother. I'll just give it to my brother. I, I mean, I can't be bothered with it. Also, I've thrown away the packing and the little bag it came in. and the rec I, don't, I don't really care. I'll just give it to my brother. It'd be fine for him. Uh, Manuel says, there are so many flat cats in London. Admittedly, I've had to swerve a few times not to make them flatter. I tried to do that with pigeons. I tried to do that with pigeons. And you go round Trafalgar Square, and it's all a bit confusing now. And you go round, and you see the pigeon. I'm going to get you, I'm going to get you. And drive over in the car, look in the mirror, and there he is still pecking away on the middle of the road. They always, they, they just seem to avoid it. I don't know. Steve, Harry, we don't encourage what? Driving at pigeons. Do we not? I do. Anyway, <laughs> what about pigeons? Is it really? <laughs> I love it. I love it. I tell you, actually, the funny thing is, they're obviously quite clever at it because you don't see many flat pigeons, do you, in uh, in and around Trafalgar Square or things like that? Mainly because they're all so. And the worst thing is seagulls. Seagulls. I mean, they're they're like evil. We were the other at the bus stop the other day, and these. I mean, I'm sure you know it was like a scene out of Alfred Hitchcock's The Birds. We we could have been pecked to death. What with the, Oh, seagulls are huge. Wingspan wingspans of six feet. Is not uncommon. I wish I could fly, though. It looks like they just hover above the road, and you think, oh, God, that looks brilliant. You imagine, did you, did you ever fantasise when you were younger and dream that you could fly? And so, and you just flap your wings a little bit, your arms, and then you take off, and people go, wow. And you fly around the city and go, okay, now I'm going to land and uh, down. 
you know, always to love that. Uh, Steve, Prince Harry's going to climb the Sydney Harbour Bridge. I'm watching it on TV now. Is he? Oh. He's climbing it, is he? Oh, good. Very excited. This is work, climbing it. Is he an adrenaline junkie? Is that what they call them now? I wish I was an adrenaline junkie, but I'm not really. I'm not, I get frightened. I was talking to Ben Fogle. He doesn't like heights either, and yet he climbs Everest. At one point, they, they strap ladders. They're sleeping in tents on a glacier, an active glacier. He said, and all you can hear all night is the cracking of the ice. He said, and then you've got these ladders strapped to bits to get them up and, and, and to get us up and onto the next bit. And uh, it's quite, it's, well, not quite. It's very, very dangerous. And I said, well, I couldn't do it. I said, I really couldn't do it. I feel ill thinking about it. And then he said, if you fall into some of these crevasses, which it is possible to do, that's the last anybody will ever see of you. Some of them are a mile and more deep. Try and visualise that. That's how deep the crevasse. But when you hit the bottom, there's no, can you imagine, though, if you're just wounded, there's no chance anybody gets you out again. You're, you're in there until, until you, sort of, you pass away. Sounds horrible, doesn't it? Uh, he says, Steve... Are you putting Mr Whippy on the same par as neon truck driver, says Jim. Well, what do you think? You know, I should, you know, I could, I could happily have an ice cream van. I'd like to serve ice creams. You know, knowing which fridge to open to get round, you know, the orange lollies or, or the oysters or, or your crushed nuts and, and other sprinkles and stuff like that. I, would I make a profit? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, there's a bit of a profit in there. I'd be a bit mad if the blooming ice cream didn't work. I think it's like McDonald's milkshakes. You pour this liquid in and out comes this gunk, which is either called a milkshake or called... Oh, I'd be, I'd be tempted in the summer to have, to have a little slurp of a 99, but without the actual flake. Yeah, then you'd eat into the profit. Yeah, but I think there's loads of profit on ice cream. I'm, I'm pretty certain there is loads of... And you just sit there and every so often you put your little tinkles on and it goes ding, ding, ding. In fact, in fact, do you know what the most popular tune is on an ice cream van? Green sleeves. Yeah, everybody knows the answer. That's a QI kind of thing, isn't it? Green. Alas, my love, you do me wrong. Was it on M Magical Hour? Oh, did it? Oh, right. That's right, he did ask. It's not in copyright. That's right. But I wonder why green sleeves. Alas, my love, you do me wrong. Da -da -da -da. Oh, look, we've got to do the news. But, it's an old tune, isn't it? Very old tune. I quite like that. Anyway, if you have joined us, nice to have your company. Friday, 19th of October. It's Steve Allen's early breakfast with you till 7 o'clock this morning. Already done a third. What do you mean you've forgotten about it? Goodness sake, honestly, there's more. A third of teens don't know that Shakespeare wrote plays. Debbie McGee's enjoying her new life and admits she may wed again. Who are the MPs on the Saudi gravy train? There's quite a few of them. Uh, Rich Britannia, we've got the most millionaires of any European nation. And uh, Kira Knightley. A lot of people now boycotting Kira Knightley films because uh, she is the ultimate Cinderella. Sean Ryder signs up for Mastermind. And the top London copper who says wolf whistling shouldn't be a crime. You're listening to a podcast from LBC. Morning, everybody. It's Friday. It's the 19th of October. So today is the day that they're going to release Anjem Chowdhury. And what everybody's trying to work out is what time will they do it? Will they do it early? And when I say early, I mean this is now coming up to, you know, nearly five past five in the morning. Will they do it this early? He'll be taken to a bail hostel, or will they do it so they're going to get maximum publicity? Because I can't quite work out why they would want maximum publicity, in which case then shove him out the front door early. He'll be taken somewhere. He's got no access to the internet, so we're told. Uh, and he's not allowed to leave London. 
and there's all sorts of conditions that they've actually brought in. And so I'm thinking to myself, now, guessing with Fleet Street, as we uh, still call it, uh, what time will they release him? What time will he be out? But I promise you one thing, if there was no restriction on him doing interviews, everybody would be bidding for him. Everybody would want an interview. That's what people do in the world of, uh, of news, and he is newsworthy, whether you loathe him, like him, and that's in a, in a minority. But, uh, you know, people would want to hear, because you don't see that sort of thing. It's like the craze. They only released the craze because they were dying, and there was no chance. But if you'd had the opportunity of getting interviews with the craze. They had a few little interviews, but they didn't do... They didn't have, you know, like, sort of Anton Deck Saturday Night Takeaway with the craze. It didn't happen, you know, or, you know, Loose Women with the craze. You know, that didn't happen. Or, and here's Richard and... Where the hell's Judy gone? Uh, Judy, the craze are here. Woo! <laughs> she ran out of the studio. So you didn't get that, but people would have bid for them. You know, if, if they'd been available for interviews, we'd have put a bid in for In Conversation. An hour with the craze? Good God, are you mad? So for Anjam Chowdhury, you'd want to know the same things. You'd want to know answers. You'd want to really do it to humiliate him totally. Because he only served two years out of a six-year sentence, I believe. So what times you get released today? You'll hear it first on LBC, whatever time it is. Uh, also, new figures show a crime takes place every... What do you think? Six seconds. Every six seconds a crime takes place. I must be... I mean, I must be all right, because I don't notice crime taking place. I see shoplifting, a little bit of shoplifting taking place. You know, you get people that go out, families around our way. Some, some, some families who obviously travel in from elsewhere and, uh, and then, they, then they sort of thieve and then they go off again. It's, you, you'd see them. I was stra- Do you remember I was strangely drawn to people who were shoplifting M&S and you'd see somebody come in. I'd look at them and go, you're not an M&S customer. You could just tell. And they would come in, and I was, I was like, strangely drawn to them. It was like, it was like a haunting with Yvette Fielding. Strangely drawn to people who all of a sudden grew three heads, and all of a sudden lots of shopping bags. They were putting stuff in. We used to have an old woman who used to shoplift regularly. She used to get regularly arrested. It was either us or Waitrose. And she'd be in there, and she'd be, uh, what have you done now? She had a, a pushy sholly, shopping trolley thing, and she literally used to open the top and just put stuff in there. She was a, I, mean, I don't think she was really a shoplifter. She was more a kleptomaniac. She just liked nicking stuff. And we used to have an old woman who used to come and feed the pigeons. I think she's died, so that was fairly good news. And, uh, and we have other people. Do you know what they were advising on the television the other day? Don't give ducks bread. OK? And the reason is... What was the reason? Don't give ducks bread. Bad for them. Very bad for them. And yet you go... Parents, don't they? Go, oh, let's go and throw the crusts down and give it to the birds and the ducks and the Canada geese and the swans and stuff. like. They don't want it. They don't want it. If they want anything at all, it'd be sort of seeds and stuff like that, which are good for them. It's like, you know, if you saw Gemma Collins floundering in a lake, you're not going to throw her chocolate bars, are you? Unless you're very cruel. I'm definitely middle-aged, says Monica. I'm surprised by shocking service. Yodel's courier just passed me and went on to the next delivery to save time lying that he missed me. Oh, we've had that before. I've chased him down the road before now, you know, but they have to take photographs, don't they? It's uh, that's that's the way it is. I like it. I've got some stuff arriving today. And of course, you know what it is. It's Christmas Carol CDs, which I've got arriving today because I used to be in a choir when I was younger. I was a, I was a chorister, you know, and uh, it was very good. Not one of the we, we, we used to sing all the all the um, the proper church music. We didn't do the, uh, you know, 
go tell it on a mountain over the seas. I quite like watching the biggest choir things on the television with Ali Jones. That always intrigues me. Because sometimes it's, it's quite nice to see choir singing. Not you. Not you. You don't sing. I'm a singer. I'm a singer. You didn't say anything today, but yesterday we had it rammed down our throats, didn't we? With it, you know, I'm a singer and all this kind of stuff. You know, I've never once heard you sing in the office. Never once heard you sing. Never once. Do you have a little set piece that when people say, do you sing? And you go, do I sing? And then you sort of go into, what, what would be your set piece? What would be the thing that you would have? Probably Frank Sinatra stuff. Dean Mar- Oh, right. Oh, you're doing classics. Yeah. Hmm. You're doing sort of, you know, um, and you know what Dean Martin's big hit was, don't you? His big, no, 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 little old wine drinker me. Yeah, little old wine drinker. That was Dean Martin's biggest hit, and he was, and the reason was he was always sozzled. He was completely sozzled. Sinatra used to do his recordings late at night in the studio, one take. He'd sit down, packet of fags, bottle of bourbon. And he'd proceed, and he'd have his his friends in there. The orchestra would play, and he he would sing it, and then they would leave. It was a, a bit like you know, I don't like doing two takes on something. If if I have to record something, I get really annoyed with myself if I mess up, and I go you know, and all of a sudden I misread a word, which is very rare for me because I'm a very good sight reader, and I I can tell myself I'm a good sight reader. But if I make a mistake on it, it drives me mad. I get really angry. Oh goodness, I think I've done it again. You know the. Prints and the plastic rev- plastic revolution, and and you just you have to get used to sort of saying things. So uh, interesting. Uh, I was once told off by a teacher for eating a flake in a school uniform in an in- inappropriate way. Says Jackie. I don't know what you're talking about. How can you eat a flake in an in- inappropriate? I used to like. What was that flake? Was it ripple? Which was a flake, but it was covered with with chocolate, so it didn't drip all over you. Actually, apparently, Jenny says Fiona Bruce was doing antiques research. She was in the old curiosity knocking shop. Okay, sure about that. You just don't imagine. I mean, I should imagine Fiona Bruce eats a hot dog and blushes. I've just got a feeling, you know, I can't see anything else happening. Phil in Bournemouth says, I saw Fiona Bruce talking about things in the programme, about the skydiving thing. I met the lady who used to skydive at uh, Netheravon. 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 I don't know where that is, but it sounds lovely. The same place. And she was an instructor. I did about 60 jumps in all. But believe it or not, to skydive on your own, you've got to get a licence. A licence to jump out of planes. Yeah, my father was a parachutist, and uh, he had his, his he, he he got his wings. I never did it. No, thank you very much indeed. <laughs> it's bad enough having to stand on a chair. If I have to stand on a chair to change the light in the bathroom, if ever a bulb burns out, which is very rare, but uh, if ever I have to do that, I, I get quite panicky. I have to hang on to the wall and everything. It's really ridiculous. I'm just not good with heights. So when I see people climbing cliffs and buildings with their bare hands, no no, you know, a bit of wire holding them up. Oh, Godfathers. I just, too horrendous. So we talked about John Noakes the other day. John Noakes from Blue Peter. And he climbed Nelson's Column. Nelson's Column. They're building somewhere in the world at the moment. What is it? It's the biggest building. It's not Dubai, but it's somewhere like that. Oh, it could be Dubai, actually. They're building it. It's tall, tall, tall. It's like a kilometre tall. And you think... I couldn't even go up there because at some point they're not going to have the windows in and they'll have a crane which lifts it to another crane. And then, oh, dear, no, not, I'm seriously, I'm getting a bit damp thinking about it. I don't like that idea. Like that poor person the other day was killed by the window that fell out of that uh, office block. Uh, well, luxury flats block in uh, in London. Any of those sort of things. I think people have died in Dubai. 
you know, people have sort of fallen off these enormous buildings because there's just literally a little bit of space. And I mean, I, th- I feel ill trying to describe it to you. Isn't that funny? Some people, we've all got different, different worries, and that's my main worry. Heights. Clinging on. If, if somebody said, that, we had a thing years ago, they decided to take the company, LBC. I didn't go. It was for producers and uh, reporters and things like that. On a bonding session. It was basically hugging, but legal. And, um, and at one point, they all had, there we are, there's that. Is that the Jeddah Tower? It, it, it's huge. It's a kilometre tall. It's I mean, even looking at the top of it, it's not, no, it's not going to be finished till, yeah. It's cost over a billion and a half, a billion, which actually I thought seemed quite good value. But uh, they'll obviously get the uh, the money. But I'm sure that there will be other buildings which will come in taller. You've got to make sure that as you go up, it goes narrower, narrower, narrower. If it, what you want is thick all the way up and then narrow, narrow. But of course, by that time, the building would be moving so much. I mean, what is it, brick? Of course not. Of course not. It would have to be uh, reinforced concrete and all the rest of it. And it's got to be on a, a thing that means it moves with the wind. So they built them in, especially in places which are which are liable for earthquakes. You've got to have things like that. But I, I couldn't do it. They, they were showing you a block of flats in America the other day. And it was lovely, but there were no windows. And I thought, oh, dear. I get really, really quite ill watching stuff like that. Uh, definitely middle-aged. I'm still surprised by shocking service, Steve. And, uh, Steve, I was in Sainsbury's. A man walked in, filled his bag with meat and walked out. I told the staff, said it's not worth it. It's not worth their own safety to go and chase someone. Why should they bother? Why should they bother? You know, it's, it's, uh, it goes on all the time. And they go, oh, it's because people are poor. No, it's not. It's got nothing to do with being poor. I tell you, you come around here on a Saturday night where all the homeless, lots of them are down by Trafalgar Square, they've all got mobile phones. Mobile phones. Packets of cigarettes. Unbelievable. How they get I don't know how they can get a mobile phone. It must be pay as you go. Can't be on contract, can it? They're never gonna get a contract thing. Uh, still to come, more of your uh, texts and emails and and we shall tell you all about from uh, bad to curse. There's another strictly come dancing pro who's been hit by the show's notorious curse after splitting up with her boyfriend. It's a way of getting yourself onto the front page of the papers. That's all it is, it's the show offs. And uh, Meg, as she currently wows them in Australia. And there's loads of uh, pictures of him and her, and then him and her with loads of people, and then him and her cuddling people, him and her holding flowers, him and her just walking in itself. And Harry at the moment is working very hard on the television at the moment. And so he's, um, he's at Sydney Harbour Bridge, which is actually... So he's having to walk with another one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Another ten people up there. Harry, of course, is in the middle, and uh, they go, OK, yeah, he's like, you know, uh, walking up the Sydney Harbour Bridge. They have to do this to paint it. So, and it's, it's just a set of stairs. I mean, it's not exactly complicated. Even I could do, even I could do that. And I'm always the first one to complain about these sort of things. So here's Harry. There's loads of other people, obviously, you know, because you can't afford to lose him. You know, if all of a sudden he got brushed over the side or something like that. Well, of course it's high up. But listen, you're telling me... Oh, there's a great bit in the paper today on what freebies the royal family are on. Harry was wearing an outfit. The PR wrote and said to this particular journalist, who I'll tell you about later, can you mention the company that he's, uh, that he's wearing and do a link to their website? Seriously? You thought it was bad enough with Sarah Freebie Ferguson? Oh, no, 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 no. They're all at it. They're all at it. I am myself sponsored today by This Doesn't Fit You Very Well, hashtag... 
was it hashtag this doesn't feel right? Anyway, it doesn't matter. You know, I mean, I, I wish I could literally go out there. I could probably get pants or something like that. You know, I'm sure Marks and Spencer would probably say, uh, we, we'd probably do your deal on the pants, Steve. And in which case, have we got sponsored pants? How exciting. Anyway, there you go. Something to think about. You're listening to a podcast from LBC. 5.20. It's nice to have you company. Uh, this morning, it's Friday. In cold weather, you can feed ducks, geese and swans pellets from the pet shop. Yeah, don't give them bread. You know, I mean, there are women round our way. They come down from Waitrose. They empty bags of rice into the river. I mean, ridiculous. God, dear. Debbie says most homeless people are given mobile phones by organisations like Spears. They give them... what? They, what's the point? But who are they... Well, it doesn't help them find a job. They're, they're living on the streets. Most of these people love living on the streets. It's like a community down there. They had a party going the other day on the corner, just down by Trafalgar Square. There was about four or five of them. One who looked like he'd moved the entire contents of a, of a furniture store in. I've never seen like There's one bloke who falls asleep at the bus stop. But they've been there for ages, years and years. I don't think they're looking for jobs. Not at two in the morning, they're not. That's a fact. And because they're up all night, they're sleeping during the daytime. In fact, we were just working out, you know, what we were doing today. The assistant producer, the assistant, the AP, as they call it. We were sort of discussing of, of what we're going to do, you know, when we get home. And it was so similar, actually. It was sleep. Sleep was sort of top of the list, wasn't it? Nearly. And uh, and it was it was good. Because it's nice to have a little dough. He's going home to bed. I'm going home just to have a little, you know, an hour or so. An hour will be enough, then I'll get up. And and then what am I going to do today? I think I might go to my brother's. I think because it's a Friday. If I go to my brother's, I can half empty the boot of the car because I've got so much stuff in the boot of the car. I need to clear it for Christmas. And I'm sure it's slowing me down on the motorway. So I'll definitely do that. Steve in Canada says, Brenda, they've legalised cannabis. I know. You can't. There's no point in even bothering with it. You phone and try and get through to journos. They're all off their trolleys at the moment. Uh, to, uh, I think they should do it in this country. Are you mad? We don't want legalised cannabis over here. Good God, it's bad enough with the illegal stuff. Some bloke the other day had drug dealers dealing on his door and he opened the door and told them basically to off and do one. They killed him. That was the other day in London. You know, that's why it's got completely out of hand. That's why what we need is not the legalisation of the cannabis. We need more blooming police officers. That's what we need. Uh, keep mentioning the belt and diesel may send you a free one. I'm not allowed to accept free gifts. That would be, uh, that would be illegal. And also not the kind of thing that I would ever do, actually. I, I, never, I never want things like that. It's not, my, not the way I operate. I've been trying for Rolls-Royce for years. <laughs> would you like to give me a free Phantom or something like that? <laughs> Just a, I could have it on loan. I could have Steve Allen from LBC drives a car from, whoever it happens to be. Oh, dear, honestly. Uh, it's a good thing they're royalties, Steve. Otherwise, they'd just be mind-numbingly dull. They are mind-numbingly dull. That's why whenever they do something, they go, oh, okay, uh, you know, made a joke or something like that, and everybody falls apart, and you think, it's because they're not in the real world. You know, apart from the fancy dress uniform, have any of the royals ever bought any clothing, says Dave? Um, well, if they do, you never see them wearing it. I've never seen them out shopping. You never see pictures of, of, of them sort of out there. I think the clothes get sent to them. They know what their sizes are, and they'll send round a rack, a rail, and they'll go that, 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 and that. And if they're doing a tour... Megan will have all... It's not like you and I packing. We go to the wardrobe, we go, OK, what fits? OK, I'll wear that and that. When I spoke to... Two months, Ben Fogel was over climbing uh, Mount Everest. And I said, do you have a checklist of what you take? He said, well, you need your goggles because of the glare from the snow. He said, two pairs of pants. I said, two pairs of pants? He said, yeah, two pairs of pants for two months. 
I said, seriously. He said, well, you don't have a shower. There's no showers. You're not going to get sort of... It, it's minus 12, minus 15. You're not going to take your clothes off and stand under a shower. And, I, and when I thought about it, I thought, oh. I said, so you sleep in the same clothes that you're climbing in? He said, yes. And I thought, oh. He said, well, with the pants, you wear them one way, then you t- turn them round and wear them the other way. <laughs> I've never thought about that before. It's always worrying, isn't it? But they, they don't have things. You have to sort of... It's its like doggy bags. You have to clean up after yourself. So that's always good, isn't it? Right, what do we got? Uh, the sun with Meghan Markle again. Good Lord. You look swell, Meg. I don't know. The hair looks a bit ropey. In fact, the hair looks very, very ropey. And McPartland has bought um, a £5 million mansion to renovate about half a mile away from uh, from Declan. So, and they've always lived very close to each other, very close. Uh, David Beckham's shock confession. Yes, the hair does look stupid. Joking. I was joking. Marriage is always hard work, gets a little more complicated. I think basically you're hearing a child crying. That's what you're, I think that's what you're hearing in that particular case. I love it. I love it. Uh, you know, the Beckhams, as barely a day goes by when we don't get another story from the Beckhams. One of these days it'll all, um, it'll all finish, won't it? And also the 40-stone Darren in the ring as he battles the bulge, so he's going to be the latest one. Uh, he's uh, he's going to try and get his weight down. He's, he's got to train it. It was a bit, it's a bit of a naff thing. He's, he's asked local takeaways not to give him food and stuff like that, but why would they want to curtail profits? And that's exactly, you know, they have to cool him down with a leaf blower because he's, he's big. He's big, you know. Uh, also, public enemy number one is freed. I think uh, most of this this country, well, in fact, yes, most of it, definitely, would absolutely hate Anjam Chowdhury, who becomes the most marked man in Britain. Uh, the uh, licence conditions are the most toughest we've ever seen. A single breach of these 25 rules will see him back inside prison for years on end, and he knows that. But apparently his fellow radical Islamic clerics are preparing to welcome him back into the fold. He's an idiot. He's a sad, sad, delusional old man. You know, let's hope he does break the the bail conditions. Let's hope. And then we can be rid of him, finally. Uh, the car towing the caravan. Do you remember the other day? The car towing the caravan, driving the wrong way down the motorway, had been in another accident five days earlier. Without the caravan. It's only when they saw it, they went, it's the same blowing thing. The same man. The OAP and the passenger in the Subaru Forester towing the caravan died, but have yet to be identified. Former soldier Stuart Richards, who served in Iraq and Afghanistan, was killed in a Ford Mondeo whilst driving on the correct carriageway. Unbelievable. It was, uh, so they've had to do a, a referral as well. And Dan, 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 Dan. An IT worker stalked a school crush who rejected him. This is, uh, this man has been found uh, guilty, sentenced next month. I don't, I don't know what, what you get for stalking somebody nowadays. I really don't. Kim Kardashian's naked, like we've not seen it before. And um, Jodie Chilcott, the fabulous daily editor for The Sun this morning, uh, defends Mickey over sexism, moaning Minnie, Kira, it's wrong to ban Disney. You know, and yet, of course, Kira Knightley is the worst person for doing the Cinderella factor. That's exactly what it was, if you remember her, her part in Love, actually. Uh, there's also uh, Richard Hammond who claims he's ridiculously lucky to have his TV career and his health. Yeah, I mean, he was, he was very lucky to be alive. Very lucky to be alive. Um, apparently, Big Brother is still going. I had no idea. I seriously thought, because, you know, due to lack of interest, they've kind of taken it off the telly, but I flipped on the telly last night, and there it is. The same dreary people in there. I mean, people who... I couldn't tell you the names of any of them. If a million pounds rested on it, I still couldn't tell you. It's a case of... Uh, 
Who are they? The answer is, they're silly show-offs. Mind you, I tell you, Lord Sugar's going to be cross. Uh, drivers have inspected uh, damage. His uh, chauffeur put himself in the firing line after pranging the boss's roller. Well, actually, he didn't. Because they're out, they're looking at the back of Lord Sugar's car. The person who is at fault is the driver who went into the back of him. He was too close. So if anybody ever goes into the back of you, it's not your fault, it's theirs. Okay, And so that's why the Rolls-Royce Ghost also ferries away series winners. I bet he gets paid for that, I should imagine. It, It collided with an Uber, an Uber car. So there you go. But it'll be the Uber driver's fault. They're very badly dressed Uber drivers, I've noticed. All, all the drivers I get are, are very smart. Well, not, you know, not over-the-top smart, just normal smart. Uber drivers look like they've been dressed by, you know, a charity shop. But anyway, the Uber driver went into the back of Lord Sugar's car, which means it's the Uber driver's fault. He's the one who has to pay. Simple as that. The Saudi executioner is the prince's minder. I mean, do you think he was executed? They're saying there's a pretty good chance that he probably was. It's now trying to find him. I would have thought, actually, if you'd executed somebody, you'd be reasonably intelligent and you'd work out that you've got a body to get rid of. All right, just supposing, hypothetically, they cut the body up and they put it in various bags and they take it out. Why didn't they just sort of take the body out, put it in a bin bag or whatever, and take it out in an aeroplane and drop it over the ocean, if that's what they want to do? Because the, the way they're going at the moment, it looks like they buried it in a forest. So, so they're saying, so they're saying... Whether it's true or not, I've got no idea. Uh, A reality TV show contestant. You don't know who she is. She's nobody. She's absolutely a nobody, completely. Somebody called Scarlett Harrison tried and failed four times to blow into a police station breathalyser because she was stopped, saying she she couldn't get her surgically enhanced lips fully around the tube. Well, you look at them, of course she can, unless she's a bit simple. She appeared on X on the Beach... She already failed a roadside test near Manchester's Piccadilly Railway Station. She told police she was looking for a pal she rowed with whilst drinking pink gin. Either way, she's been, uh, she's been banned from, from driving and fined. I think around £310. That'll teach you all this rubbish, honestly. What does she do now? She's nobody. OK, she's nobody. It's as simple as that. You're listening to a podcast from LBC. Somebody wrote to me and said, the poor man having to tell his insurance provider he crashed into a Rolls-Royce ghost... I'd change my name and do a runner, says Paul. Yes. But, of course, it's the person behind who's at fault. So it's the Uber driver who is at fault here because he went into the back, which means he wasn't paying attention. And uh, that's how it works. However, the Great British Bake Off finishes very shortly. Well, we know who the winner is. We know who the winner is already. How do we know? Because it got leaked online. One of the contestants. You'd have thought after last year with Prue Leith's infamous spoiler cock-up that they would have sort of stopped them going on social media. But uh, but dimwit Ruby Bogle uh, went online. Somebody set up a fake Sandy Toxvic account. So Ruby starts chatting away and the fake person... Um, well, I'll tell you about it in a minute, actually. It comes from, uh, from Swansea, who set up the Twitter account. Started chatting and then went, oh, of course, about, you know, uh, it was nice to see so-and-so, so-and-so. What did you think about the winner? And literally led her into it and she just coughed like they always do. And the prankster claimed he did it because he was bored. He said, it's really pretty easy. You make a fake profile of one of their friends and then they follow you. You then change your name and message them and they have no clue. There you go, I've just told you. That's how easy it is. She fell for it, and so now she's been duped into revealing the winner. I don't even know who's on it, so it doesn't make any difference to me. But uh, but that's it. But the last one, I think, is on Tuesday, October the 30th. 
and that's when they will reveal the winner. Uh, heading out to the jungle, and boy, are they milking it on this morning. It's obviously saved them having to do anything else at all. It's Holly Willoughby, so they tried something the other day, you know, putting in uh, hands into a case so you can see what's in there. And, of course, at one point, I think it was a... Um, it was a what was it? It was a, a fake spider, which uh, which worked on on uh, batteries, and I think that freaked her out a little bit. And then the other one was Georgie Toffolo, who was our guest on In Conversation the uh, the other week. But that you know people like that kind of thing. We like the Bush Tucker trials, and if you don't like the person who's actually on the program, then you make sure they get all the the trial. We've, we've done it before. I haven't because I refuse to do things like that. You know, and I'm not that that cruel. I'd rather talk about it. It's so much easier. Uh, Rich uh, says, loving the roundup of the news with your fast pace wit. Love the show, especially when travelling on biz Nairobi today. I'd like to go to Nairobi. I've never been to Nairobi. I don't know what it's famous for, but it sounds quite nice, doesn't it? Could go there, take the choir to Nairobi. That'd be great. Would it be hot? You think so at the moment? Are two of them on honeymoon? Oh, that's nice. Did they meet in, in the choir? Did they meet in the... Oh, that's really sweet. How dull. And, uh, no, that's really lovely, isn't it? I love, I, love a, I love a good story like that. Makes you want to throw up. You know, people sort of going, oh, yeah, there were people in the choir and then they fell in love. Yeah, because I can't be bothered to go out there and sort of chat somebody up at a bar. Makes it easy, doesn't it? So, you know, nymphs and shepherds. Ra, no way. Do you like me? I like you too. That's what happens. Again, it's like, you know, it's spending time with, with somebody. And the longer you spend with them... The more, the more you, you grow to like them. You see different sides of people. In this business, you spend so much time with people. I probably spend more time in here than I do at home. So there's more chance of sort of, you know, of, of sort of, you know, hugging. A lot of hugging. A lot of hugging today. Uh, Dallas says, A certain Hollywood B-list actress recently married her Prince Charming and abandoned her career in independence to be a princess of leisure and a well-kept woman. I wonder what Kira Knightley's take on that is. Oh, don't, don't tell her. The trouble is... Actors and actresses, they've all got an opinion. Why not? They're ordinary people. And so that's why we're always quite surprised. But, of course, if in her case she's made films where she's played the Cinderella part, you know, you can't sort of say, oh, I'm not going to let my three-year-old daughter watch it, because then I did hear one one uh, particular presenter who said, well, I'm not going to let my daughter watch Keira Knightley films, which is possibly even worse. Alan says, I'd like to have a chat about my palliative care, if needed. I saw my uncle's pain with cancer when we saw him. Mum had palliative care with morphine, slept most of the time. My mother the same. And as, and as, the, as the cancer takes hold, as anybody will tell you, they just increase the dosage of the morphine. And you get, you know, the more morphine. Eventually, it's the morphine that kills you. But it's taken away the pain. It, it can, it's false hope. Because my mother took, uh, took morphine the first time around. She thought she was getting better. Seriously, she thought she was getting better because it made her feel that good. And I thought, if that's what it takes, well, then, you know, that's good. I mean, that's why when all these people who were, you know, really suffering with children and they were sort of going, well, we need to uh, get cannabis oil. And I think, well, for goodness sake, legalise it for these people. Legalise it for them. You know, nobody wants to sort of deny people, uh, you know, taking away pain and stuff like that. I mean, that was awful, you know, absolutely awful for people to have to, to, have to go through it. And I don't think they, they enjoy it any more. And you try and do your best. But my mum spent most of the time sleeping. And then as it, as it sort of took a hold, she got more. But we were there for her, practically until the end. Practically until the end. Because you never know, do you? That They don't know either. Things happen. It happens in, in stages. And, uh, and then when, when it's our time to go, we go. As I say, I'm still trying to work out if we're all going to go and sit on a cloud upstairs and who you want to bump into. Who do you not want to bump into? 
That'll be the kind of thing. Can you imagine? You go up there, and all of a sudden everybody's going, hello, we knew you were coming up this day. You go, oh, right, great, fantastic. Uh, here's Prince Harry uh, chatting up all the girls and hugging, and they're all getting... But to say, there's no hugging of the boys. I thought they were, they, they, they were in touch with their feminine side. That's what we were told. You know, anything to do with gay? Yeah, they're really, they're all pro this, they're pro that. I see no evidence. I see no evidence. In fact, it looks like there's no boys at all out there. And if there are, they're certainly not going to get a hug from Harry. That'll filter back. You watch people going, God, you've not hugged any boys. You know, you've only just told people you're really into this and it's fine and we don't have any any issues. Come on, come on. Pull it uh, pull it together. Uh, the co-op shop bans state pupils, but not private. Bit of a class war, this one. Have you heard of it? You haven't heard of this one. This is a notice informing customers of the new policy put up in a shop in the Somerset village of Coombe Down near Bath. The sign says only two Ralph Allen students at a time are allowed in the store, but makes no mention of the limit on a number of private school pupils. Ralph Allen School is a state comprehensive academy. Less than a mile away, it's been rated good by Ofsted. The nearest private school is Prior Park Catholic School, £30,000 a year. Blimey, that's expensive. One I've never heard of. When asked about the sign, the manager of the co-op shop said only it had been put up for the right reasons. Local reports say the sign has been amended this week to say pupils rather than Ralph Allen pupils specifically. Yeah, obviously the manager, not the brightest. Suddenly realising you're going to be all over the papers, pal. All over the papers. Set free today, the hate preacher. More radical in jail. And a picture of the ridiculous Anjam Chowdhury with uh, Lee Rigby's killer in the background. As I say, pathetic, sad, lonely, desperately. Let's get him back into prison quickly. You know, will he spark a new terror wave? I don't think so. He's not allowed to have access to the internet. He's not allowed to... About 25 different things that he's not allowed to do. So uh, that's fairly good, isn't it? Uh, Also, uh, the council, they're going to stop recycling yoghurt pots and mix plastics and start to burn them instead. David Beckham, boring, dull, tedious. God's sake, he must come up with something better. Why are marriages always hard work? I mean, I thought everybody... You ask anybody in the business, you go, do you think the Beckhams have got a rock-solid marriage? And somebody said, no, they've got an arrangement. I said, is that what people are saying? Is that what people are saying now about the Beckhams? Of course, their person, because they can't speak for themselves, uh, is saying it's absolute rubbish using fairly ripe language to describe, describe it as being rubbish. Uh, also, the crime every six seconds. This is the son of a Windrush migrant murdered on his doorstep for challenging the drug dealers. Uh, just really bad enough. The litter patrol in, Conchest- in Colchester wears stab-proof vests. I mean, that's, that's how bad it's actually got. It's so ridiculous. It's so ridiculous. Uh, Emma Bunton to present the UF spin-off of Bake Off. Now, whether or not she records it here or it goes to America, I've got no idea. She's going to be exhausted if she's going backwards and forwards. And then the other day, I was, uh, I was looking at... Uh, a list of how many millionaires we've got in this country. We've got loads. We've got loads and loads and loads. We are rich Britannia. I don't know exactly how many of them there are, but I was looking at uh, this programme the other day. It's called Million Dollar Properties, and they're they're flats in all sorts of places, uh, which are quite nice, but they go, oh, we're hoping for £10 for this one. And then one of them fell through. Well, you'd have thought the earth had opened up. Seriously, they, they, they got all sort of panicky. What do you mean your, your client's pulled out? He's, he's been arrested. He's gone to prison. What? But we were waiting on this. He was going to sell us these two properties for £10 million. Well, he's in prison. Well, can we not sort of still put it through? No. He's in prison. 
bit embarrassing, isn't it? In America, they're all into fitness. Over here, people are into fitness as well. I work in a building that is full of gym bunnies. You can see them. They all go off. They cycle or they do gym workouts or they go running or they do something like that. And uh, what a waste. W-A-I-S-T. Fertility, wealth, availability. Experts say they're all revealed in your waist size. So, for example, Amanda Holden's waist is 25 inches. OK, let's see if we can find smaller than 25 inches. The answer is we can't. Kylie Minogue is 25 inches. But there again, Kylie Minogue is only 25 inches tall. Uh, the next ones up are the other 26s. Alexa Chung's 26-inch waist. Lily James. Uh, Megan, Duchess of Sussex. She's 5 foot 7. The waist is 27 inches. Duchess of Cambridge, 26 inches. And I bet she works at that. She's 5 foot 9. So she, she can't afford to put it on. Princess Eugenie is 28. And uh, Nicole Kidman is 27 and a half. Claire Foy is 28 inches. She's 28 seems quite normal to me. I'm 38. Although if I buy a suit, it's bigger. Because suit trousers are not made like jeans and stuff like that. It's a real pain. It really is. Because you start buying them, you start trying them. Oh, God, this one doesn't fit at all. Let's keep going through. Um, Gwyneth Paltrow's 29. Rosamund Pike, 28. Christy Brinkley, 32. And who could complain about a picture of her? So that's, that's the way it is. That's the way it is. And here's... Do you know it's 36 years since the film An Officer and a Gentleman with Richard Gere? He could probably dye his hair and look just as good now, but his uh, third wife, uh, Alejandra, is expecting their first child. He was out uh, filming the other day. And uh, not to be sneezed at, M&S will not ditch their sexist man-sized tissues. Why should they? What, a, a few people write to them and go, I think you should get rid of them because it says man-size. And you go, yeah. What's about with that? I don't, I don't really see a problem. Now the Frozen star attacks Snow White's prince for not getting consent. Uh, this is Kristen Bell, who played Anna. It's far from comfortable with scenes in Snow, Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs. Honestly, why don't people just get a life? And also, um, Treasure in the Trash. There's a programme on the television where somebody goes and dumps their rubbish in a skip and there's this woman there and she says, can I have that? And they go, yes. And then she takes it to people and they turn it into something really lovely. And uh, this is a similar sort of thing. So we'll tell you about Treasure in the Trash very shortly. You're listening to a podcast from LBC. Morning, everybody. Nice to be company. Welcome to Friday. Let's, see, let's hope the weekend is going to give us a little bit of sunshine, something exciting, please. So what do we throw away? We throw loads of stuff away. And what they've done here, they've, uh, they've picked up various items that were thrown in a dump. In other words, you know, you get the skips and people throw stuff. I've got a friend of mine who, she lives now, I think in Australia, but she would always, if ever we were driving, she would stop if she saw a skip and we'd go and have a look in it. And she would rescue all sorts. She rescued pub doors, all sorts of it. It's all reclaimable. But these are items that have been found in a dump, and it's a new recycling trend because they're now all on sale for a song. So, for example, there was a guitar. Well, if you bought it new, it's 55 quid. From the dump, it's £10. They've got a flat screen TV, a Philips one, 499. Uh, from the dump, 65 quid. I've just changed my, uh, my, my telly, and I did put it out with, with the rubbish. That's why I, th I thought I was putting it out with the rubbish. My friend John said, uh, he said, I'll have it. So uh, we walked back home and he picked it up and, uh, and that was that. So at least it went to a good home. It worked. Nothing the matter with it at all. You just sort of plug it in and it's got the remote 
which I dropped in later for him. Here, there's a there's a, a Panasonic um, uh, DVD player. New, 80 quid. Dump price, £15. Uh, washing machine. <laughs> I always think of that adverb. Anyway, 130 quid new. Dump, £30. Interesting, isn't it? £30 for a washing machine. All that technology in the, in the washing machine. Uh, also, carry-on counsellor. The town hall chief keeping his job after the PA is fired over having a fling with him. He, he, he actually keeps the job and uh, she gets fired. So there you go. And birthdays today. Philip Pullman, the, Nor- uh, the Norwich-born author of the fantasy trilogy, His Dark Materials, has been named one of the 50 greatest British rivals. Uh, plus Thomas Brown, the English physician and author, listed by the Oxford English Dictionary as being one of the top 25 people. Wow. Uh, and uh, what was the other one here, actually? Oh, yes. In 2009, 2000, the ultimate, the ultimate, a lock of hair believed to have been cut from Elvis Presley's head on entering the US Army, sold at auction for £9,000 or dollars? Pounds. Pounds. That's a lot of money, isn't it? That is a lot of money for a, a lock of Elvis. Can you imagine they're saying to somebody, that's Elvis's hair. I think that's I think that's quite I don't know what you do with it but it was it was quite normal years and years ago people would have little lockets and they would have a little you could still buy them now in in antique shops and and car boots and stuff like that and at the back of it you turn it over and there's a lock of that person's hair I don't know why they did it but perhaps it was some sort of keepsake but certainly very interesting I don't have anything like that at all <laughs> as far as I know uh, also Judy Dench is feline fantastic because it's going to be cats, and she's going to sort of recreate the role. She never got round to doing it because she had an accident. She fell off the stage, and so it went elsewhere and uh, thus changed history. But uh, it'll be interesting. Uh, Jan Moyer talking about time for a royal wardrobe warning. I love this story. This story is so interesting. Ping! An email arrives from a publicist concerning an important matter of state, writes Jan Moyer. Prince Harry's jumper. Upon arriving in Australia, Harry was photographed in a grey zip-up woolly. Hold the front page. The PR wants to know if I could mention the make and provide a link to the manufacturer's website as soon as possible. Actually, no, writes Chan Moyer. Prince Harry is very far from being in a commercial relationship with this famous cashmere house, but it does show how impertinent brands are becoming just desperate for some royal cachet in this super age of commercialism. However, they've been more egged on by the behaviour of some of our more pushy royal ladies. On Instagram, the Duchess of York posted a picture of herself and thanked the French fashion house, Ungaro, for the sumptuous gown she wore to one of Princess Eugenie's wedding parties. What, you'd ever... It's freebie Fergie back again, is it? That's a bit disappointing. Back in Australia, the Duchess of Sussex is being very generous by wearing her friend's designs on her first major Commonwealth tour, especially as the oversized jacket by Serena Williams and the frocks by Misha Nunu have done her few favours. Yet these women might be good chums. But shouldn't Meghan be rather suspicious of how quick they have been to take advantage of her royal position? Yes, she may have dutifully worn outfits by local Aussie designers and also a pair of jeans made by Cambodian sex traffic survivors. But isn't this just a little bit too deliberate? Yes, the, the, the freebie market is not good. We all, all uh, People just automatically looked at Sarah Ferguson because nobody knows what she does for a living. 
We really don't know. I'm sure she's a bit like sort of Katie Price, businesswoman. Businesswoman, that's, that's it. But, I mean, I, I just don't know what uh, what goes on in the, in the rest of her world. Uh, plus, the long-awaited reunion of the Kinks uh, did not proceed altogether smoothly. Sir Ray Davis declined to sit at a table with his brother Dave. What is it about people falling out? I so want to go round and go, oh, please talk. Please talk. I know it must be awful. You know, but, you know, then could you not sit together? No, I couldn't. And you think, oh, you only get one, one brother. Well, you might get two brothers if you're very lucky. And a daughter and sister and stuff like that. And yet still people argue. And uh, I see that uh, the drummer Mick Avery, 74, who will be part of the mooted comeback, was baffled. What was all that about? Did Ray discuss future projects with his uh, drummer? No, he just blanked me. Oh, I don't like it at all. Why do people do that? Stop it. Stop it, please. Uh, also, everybody's um, enjoying, I think, A Star is Born. People say, oh, this is the best film you'll ever see. It's absolutely fantastic. It's lovely. It's uh, it's amazing. It's got Lady Gaga. It's got Bradley Cooper in it. And this will be the third remake. It's either the third or the fourth. Can't, can't remember. Peter Kay comes back with Phoenix Fights because that's how it was. They all fell out. And apparently he's a nightmare. So people say, I don't know. I don't know. I just I just know that I liked Phoenix Knights. I thought Phoenix Knights was very clever. In fact, I didn't realise that he was one of the bouncers till I watched it. I thought that was quite clever. <laughs> I was a bit dim in that one. Um, the Snowflake Row is man-sized tissues uh, blown up. Out. They're now going to be called Extra Large after more than 60 years. Extra Large Tissues. Yeah, man-size. Because ladies don't want a tissue that size. Ridiculous. Uh, Dallas says, I walked past a skip and noticed a Hornby train in a box. I took it, put it on eBay as an auction and sold it to an American collector for 750 There you go. You can always find things. It's, you know, it's always... If you see something in the road, you have to say, excuse me, is this... Can I have that? You know, we've had that before. And, um... And it's, it's just one of those things because the stuff that you don't want anymore, somebody else will clean it up and it becomes their little bit of treasure. Uh, over that last year, lost three stone in weight, says Jane, walking two miles nearly every day in a diet sheet from my GP. My fitness DVD is on sale January 2019. Only, uh, only 99.99. You see, the trouble is you can go to your doctor and get a diet sheet. You can do the exercise yourself. You can either do fast walking or you can walk up and down stairs. But people don't do that. I'm as guilty as the next one. Don't ever think that I'm sort of whiter than white. I'm absolutely not. David says, did you get a quick plane to Aberdeen during the Nick Ferrari show yesterday? Seems suspicious. The story about the mad cow in the Aberdeenshire farm was announced an hour after his show finished. <laughs> Why would it be me? I'm more intrigued by the fact that Sean Ryder, rock wild man, hello, <laughs> will try to twist his melon around some quiz questions after signing up to appear on Mastermind. Uh, it's already been, uh, I don't know if it's already been filmed or it hasn't. Nobody does, as long as he doesn't swear. That's why he can't really use Danny Dyer for anything at all. But he looks good dressed up. Tudor costumes obviously suit him. Uh, plus the uh, the top stars in the Game of Thrones. Showbiz royalty. Showbiz royalty. And what was this here? Oh, there's, um, this father was murdered. A refuse collector, Ian Tomlin, was beaten to death as he confronted thugs outside his flat in Battersea yesterday afternoon. Just appalling, isn't it? He told them to stop selling outside his home. His father, Cecil, says the government need to do something because you never see the police and council around here. And now my son is dead. Yes, I agree with you. I think that's absolutely appalling that they would actually kill somebody because he complained that they're dealing outside his front door. 
It really is terrible, isn't it? I mean, it really is terrible. Uh, also, £60 million competition has been launched to find the next big thing in British television. They're looking for the next um, sort of, you know, the Culture Secretary, Jeremy Wright, announced the windfall to halt the decline of kids' content. Yeah, but the children are way ahead of you now. The kids have got their own mobile phones. So the, the target audience, probably for children's television, would be little children. Little children who are just looking for the moomins and stuff like that. But when, once they get to, you know, ten, they've got mobile phones. They're not interested in watching children's programs. It's all changed. When we were younger, we watched children's programmes. The Blue Peters, the Magpies, all of those sort of things. You know, CBeebies was there designed for children, but much younger children. Much younger children. And now all of a sudden pe- people are getting sort of all uppity and go, well, we need to get them watching television again. No, it's good that they're going out and they're, they're learning how to use technology because that could serve them quite well in the, uh, in, in the future. I don't remember anybody complaining when Yorkie bars were advertised as not for girls, says Simon. The world's gone mad. I know. Well, of course, oh, you wait till they find that one. You know, Yorkie. And, it, and it's advertised by a bloke driving a lorry. The bloke's driving a big lorry and he's got a Yorkie bar there. And you think, wait a minute, you're not supposed to take your hand off the wheel. So perhaps we should start, perhaps we get Amy Lame to do that one. That'd be a lot easier, wouldn't it? OK, we'll take a, shake, a short break for the, uh, the news at six o'clock this Friday morning, if you have just joined us. This is LBC. I'm Steve Allen with you until seven. The MPs on the Saudi gravy train, they've all jumped on it, haven't they? Uh, Debbie McGee says she hasn't ruled out getting married again. Fracking goes on. I'm convinced they're doing it outside the front door. It's, put it this way, they're digging. It's all very obvious. But, uh, nobody said anything, so I'm thinking, I'm sure it's fracking. And uh, treasure in the trash. Sounds like one of Katie's nightclub appearances, says Higgs. Yes, because she's well banging, in it? I watched an old um, uh, uh, thing from TOWIE the other day. They were still using the word ream. You're listening to a podcast from LBC. Morning, everybody. Nice to be company. Good news on the taxi front. When we had all the trouble where sort of, you know, the taxis, were, I couldn't get it changed. Anyway, finally, we managed to get the thing changed, which I felt uh, a lot better about. And uh, since then, it's been fine. So getting in plenty of time can get everything done and it makes me feel a lot happier about life, which is good at the moment. So it's nice to have your company. Thank you very much indeed for joining us on LBC. Nick Ferrari will be here at seven this morning with breakfast. And I'm here until then with sort of I'm the interlude, as it were. I'm the kind of sort of person who sort of can whiz through the stories in the papers, hoping to give you a rough idea of what's going on in the world. If Indeed, anybody can get their handle on it. The one thing we're waiting on is to see at what time they're going to release from prison, Anjam Chowdhury, uh, and whether or not he'll be taken out secretly and then whisked away to the bail hostel, we don't know. They don't, they don't sort of do a timetable on these sort of things. Presumably it will be to uh, give him the least amount of publicity, because that would be the best way forward. Anyway, we take your uh, texts and emails, 84850, uh, Talking about freebies, says Anne, the media seem to to price every item of clothing that she wears. It's not from the public purse, so what's your point? Um, I, I don't write that. I've never written about how much things cost. You must worry about that, Anne. And uh, she says, I've not noticed Kate or her children's clothes priced up. No, no, they, they, aren't, they aren't. You don't understand it, Anne. I have to try and explain it to you, because they're not supposed to accept anything free. That's the deal. They're not supposed to... They have money. It's not they don't have any money. And the, the prices that you see of the items, that's done by all the experts in, in the paper. I don't write those. I know, I know it seems a bit strange, but I, I don't. And I don't put down the price of clothes. But they do put them down there. 
to say, you know, this is how much this, this, this coat is she's wearing. Well, she can't have bought it herself. It doesn't come... You know, there are lots of things that come out of the public purse. So, I mean, you understand the point, I'm assuming, or perhaps you don't, is that she's wearing all these clothes and she's not paying for it, but they're not allowed to accept freebies. And it gets a bit desperate when Sarah Ferguson accepts it. I don't have a problem with people accepting freebies. That bit I've made quite clear. But they're not supposed to get freebies. That makes a mockery of the fact you're living in a, you know, a multi... They, they never tell you the price of the property they're living in because they don't know what the price of the property is that these people are living in. But they're always very keen because it's fashion. You must understand that, Anne. I mean, you can't not understand why people are interested in every single thing she wears. That's how it works. I mean, I could probably go through the papers this morning and you'll see loads of pictures of her and they will put down she's wearing this coat and it costs this much money. That's what the papers do. I don't work for the papers. Wish I could explain it to you better, but there you go. <laughs> anyway, at least you're a regular listener, so woo-wee! Big up me, thank you very much indeed. Um, Steve, um, eating a Yorkie bar in a neon-lit-up truck cab. Whole new single, says Jane. Absolutely, yes. I could go with you on that one. It's funny, all the, this is after we've got Amy Lame. Apparently she was some sort of comedian and Sadiq Khan gave her a job and she was called the Night Czar, although nobody, to be brutally honest, had the faintest idea what she did. She just sort of... She didn't, in fact, she's almost vanished from the existence. And the latest thing she's come up with is she's complained about a sandwich being sold in Waitrose that sort of got the name Gentleman written on it. She said, even though that, they very kindly allowed me to buy it. Patronising old baggage, honestly. I couldn't believe it. Fancy, you know, we've got to this stage in our life and we're complaining about the name of a sandwich. And we're asking some American, because I don't think she's British. I have a feeling she's American. Why she's telling us what to write on our sandwiches, I've got no ideas. No idea at all, but she's done it. And I think she gets paid. I think she's paid something like 40 grand a year by Sadiq Khan as being the night czar. What does she do? Have you ever seen her driving a bus? Ever seen her being useful? No? Nothing at all? 84850, Steve at LBC. 35,000. But what does she do for 35,000? Who's she paid out of? It'll be the, the mayor's budget, presumably. City Hall paid for her. I mean, it's, it's unbelievable. What does she do? She wastes everybody's time with coming up with, oh, we have to get them to change the name of this sandwich because it's sexist. God, get a life, for God's sake. It's far too embarrassing. Uh, 84850, steve at lbc.co.uk. And another one here, which says, this is the fourth remake of A Star Is Born. This is the Lady Gaga and uh, Bradley Cooper. First in 1937, Janet Gaynor and Frederick March, and is in colour. Unlike most of the 1930s films, the second version was Judy Garland and James Mason. That was my favourite. The reason that was my favourite is because I was a big fan of James Mason. And they're all different. They're all different. It, it always in, involves uh, a woman who's sort of trying to make a career. Um, and in this particular case, he was famous, but he had a drink problem. And so then she comes along and all of a sudden she becomes famous as Vicky Lester. And she goes, anyway, he then realises that his drinking is holding her back. He's the embarrassment. He's the embarrassment. And he's then, he then stopped drinking, but he goes to some race meeting and some journos say, have a, have a drink. And, of course, he falls back into the, you know, we've seen it a million times before with footballers who fall off the wagon. You know, Paul Gazagasco, very funny, you know, when he's sober, when he's drunk, not very funny. And so it was that kind of thing. They actually got him onto it and then he behaved badly. Then they then they put him in the newspapers. And then he suddenly realised that this was holding his wife, Vicky Lester's career up. And she was so madly in love with him 
It's a great film, actually. They're all, they're all different. They're, it's, it's absolutely great. But at the end, they always end up by themselves. But they're, they're powerful. They've, they've sort of derived something. James Mason walks into the ocean and kills himself. And she is just distraught, completely distraught. She can't do anything else at all. And the studio come around and say, listen, you're due to... You're, you're due to be at this award ceremony tonight. And she's not been out for months and months and months. And she sits there and she, because the, the guy comes to collect her. And he says, why are you not ready? She said, I'm not going. He said, of course you're going. Don't be so stupid. There's people waiting. There's people waiting. She said, I don't want to go. I can't go. And so she does the crying bit. There's a woman in the housewives of Beverly Hills who cries most of the time. But she's got obviously some sort of strange issues going on. She cries a lot. She doesn't want to be lonely. She doesn't. It's amazing how it, it affects different people. Anyway. Judy Garland's character, Vicky Lester, the guy goes, well, he says, don't go. Don't go. This is the guy from the studio. He's decided to play it the other way. How can he get her to go to this thing? And he says, well, a fine example you are. What a tribute to your husband. What a tribute to him. You know, he actually gave up his life for you so that you could have this career. And you're sitting back here now. Blah. Anyway, she then gets the, the, the guilt pangs. And all of a sudden, it's a case of she, she goes, oh, right, I better go. And so then cut to the big, you know, Grauman's Chinese theatre, and they go, unfortunately, Vicky Lester will not appear tonight. And then somebody comes on stage, whispers, and she goes, Vicky Lester will appear tonight. And, of course, it brings the house down, and she goes, hello, everybody, this is Mrs Norman Maine. And it finishes. Whereas in the Barbara Streisand version, which came along later, she, uh, she sang a song, which, of course, was just absolutely brilliant. Loved it, loved it, loved it, loved it. So, uh, so the films are, uh, are out. The films are out. You can get them all. It's good. Uh, Steve, that gentleman's sandwich is named because it uses gentleman's relish. Obviously a bit confusing for her, says T. <laughs> uh, Joe says the clothes aren't freebies. They're paid to wear them. No, they're not. No, they're not. No, 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 no. God, you could get yourself in court very quickly, Joe. I'd, I'd delete your... Uh, I'll, I'll do you the favour. I'll, I'll delete that. You can't say... They don't get paid to wear these things at all. You can't say stuff like that. You're being caught, mate. That's defamation of character. I don't know. Uh, Steve, uh, why bother about what tissues need to be called, whether they're large or small? Well, they have to be large because they're men's tissues. Men's butch. Butch, big butch tissues. You know, it's like there is, um, what do they call it? There's a, there's a kitchen roll, which is butch. It's for men. It's butch kitchen roll. It absorbs more. You know, that's the way it is, actually. That's the way it is. So, you know, unfortunately, because we, we do have a, a gay trucker this morning. We have quite a few gay truckers. He's taking a break on the A38 in Devon near Chudley. I didn't even know there was a place called Chudley. I'm always amazed by the places that you write to me from. And I always think, that sounds lovely. Kingsley from Bristol uh, says the next thing they'll be taking away, men's toilets, because it's sexist. We've taken away in Twickenham. You can use the Kentucky Fried Chicken toilets, or you can go into pubs, but even pubs are not wildly keen on you um, using their toilets. You know, our toilets are for customers only, unless you're buying a drink. So I always go. If anybody stops me, I get, excuse me, I'm a diabetic. I'm going to do an injection. And I did have a drink in here last week, and I never used your toilets then, so I'm using them now. What about the men o Will that be renamed, says Keith? I don't... Oh, don't. Don't. We're getting all stupid again. Remember years ago, you couldn't say manhole cover, blackboard... There were loads of words all of a sudden, and, and, and we, we became all PC. And then other people came out and went, oh, God, who wants to be PC? Otherwise, you can't get away with anything nowadays. That makes the world very dull, very uninteresting. 
Uh, Maggie's going to a hospital appointment later. She says, I should be wearing my jacket by Oxfam. Six ninety nine. Impressed? Mm, sort of. Depends what it looks like. I went to... I saw in my local charity shop, to which we have a million... Well, gross exaggeration, we've got three million. And, um, and they were selling a jacket in the window. Fifty quid. Well, you get the thing cheaper, buying it brand new. They've got no idea about costing. And so you had a pair of trousers, like jeans for blokes, 30 quid. Buy a brand new pair for 15. Ridiculous. They're actually getting worse and worse and worse. Charity shops, they become so mean. Uh, would, would you accept £10 for that? No. I tried it with some, some glass. She had some glassware in the window. Priced at, I think, 30 quid. I said, would you take 20? She went, no. I thought, well... I shan't be advising anybody to come to your charity shop. Thank you very much indeed. Uh, thank you for mentioning your desire to prevent family disputes. For the first and, I hope, only time in my life, uh, I interfered in my family's lives as a petty row threatened to affect the next generation. Thankfully, it worked. But it was very risky. The tendency is to keep one's head down, quite understandably, says Mary. I agree with you. I agree with you. Because the trouble is, as somebody said to me yesterday, you have an argument with, with somebody and it goes so far... And then you get so far into it that you can't go back. You know, you, you, you cease talking to somebody. <coughs> and, uh, and then about, you know, a month down the line or two months down the line, you can't remember exactly why you had the argument in the first place. And, uh, and once you've gone so far down the line, you can't go back. Friday, of course. So after the, the news and the travel, I'll let you find out who I'm going to be in conversation with this weekend. One... A very funny man. The other, a woman. Famous for her work on stage and screen. You're listening to a podcast from LBC. Morning, everybody. Nice to have your company. Friday and the weekend. Now, tomorrow, of course, is Saturday. Now, I don't know what you're doing Saturday, but if you're up early, as you appear to be most Saturdays, uh, from five o'clock in the morning until six, it's the best of Steve Allen, the producer, with his carefully crafted and honing of the best bits of the programme, uh, has put it together and it runs an hour. So we managed to condense down 15 hours into one. But I think you find we've left the funny bits in, which is quite nice. And so between five and six, you get Steve Allen's best of. And then after that, you get In Conversation, uh, where we invite in a couple of well-known celebrities and they tell you about what they're up to. My first guest this week for In Conversation is a comedian from Northumberland who made his debut at his local comedy club at the age of just 15. He's well known for his stand-up work and for appearances on TV shows like Have I Got News For You. This long-haired comic has also made the move into acting and singing, appearing in the Mel Brooks musical The Producers and Young Frankenstein. It's Ross Noble. He's now back with a brand new tour, which will be his tour across the UK and Ireland. It's called El Hablador. And he told me how he came up with the name. It's really hard. I've done so many tours now that I sort of run out of things to call it. You just made this up? Yeah. (laughs) No, no, it's it's genuinely, uh, it's a genuine thing. It means storyteller or the talkative one. And I thought, oh, El El Hablador, you know, it's like El Mariachi or something like that. It sounds like, just sounds like a cool name. And then I called it that and then got the posters made and put all the publicity out for it and then just went... Oh, I don't know how to back this up now. So what I've done is I've got the um, so the set for the show. I've got a giant. Uh, I've got this giant uh, sort of um, 
you know, one of those sort of Mexican skull things. I've <laughs> got a big skull that lights up inside. It's winged as well. The full size of the stage, just like a wing skull. It's like something Aerosmith would have. And then uh, I, I, I've got a smoke machine. I come out through its mouth and its eyes flash. <gasps> and then I don't mention it for the rest of the show. <laughs> and that makes me laugh a lot. Yes. Yeah. Could have just said... Ross Noble on tour. Yeah, but... He just had know, a picture of you. I know, and then, you, and then you just have a black stage with a few lights pointing up at the back. Yeah. And it's just like every other stand-up show yeah. you go to. Whereas I think, make the effort, come out of a big skull. Do you know, I spend the entire interview just sitting there with a big smile on my face. He just brings it out in you. The comedian Ross Noble, who's in conversation with me this weekend. Now, as well as Ross, I'll be talking to a much-loved star of stage and screen, whose career I've followed since she was... Just a wee girl. Many of you know her as Carmel Kazemi in EastEnders, a role which won her the Best Newcomer Gong at the 2015 British Soap Awards. Many moons ago, though, she made her West End debut in Gone with the Wind at just seven years old, while her work alongside Dame Angela Lansbury in Gypsy the following year led to her securing a run on Broadway. She's even been one of the Doctor's companions in the TARDIS. And now she joins the cast of one of my favourite musicals, 42nd Street. It's Bonnie Langford and her latest role took her back to where it all began. We're actually at the end of this run on um, January the 5th. The, the theatre is closing for renovation and I, this makes it even more special for me because as I say I made my debut there in Gone with the Wind mm. when I was seven and I actually make my entrance in 42nd Street from exactly the same place as I made my no. entrance when I was seven. Yeah. And um, and so I know that I'm sure they'll make the theatre absolutely beautiful and wonderful because mm. um, Andrew Lloyd Webber owns the theatre. He's done a fantastic job with the Palladium. There's no reason why he shouldn't do it with the, with the lane. He understands the magic of theatre. But somehow you always think that when they start to improve a place, they actually lose a little bit of the history as well. So yeah. I'm really pleased to be there while it's still in its kind of unmodernised state because it feels like there are... Ghosts? Well, there are ghosts. Well, there though. are ghosts. There are, I've it's seen famous, one of them. Famous. Yeah. You've seen one? I've seen one of them. No. Yeah, I've seen David Garrick. I know I have. I absolutely know I have. Years ago, I was doing a charity gala there, and I was rehearsing on stage during the day, and I looked up into one of the boxes and saw somebody watching. It wasn't a big deal, except I looked back up again, and that, th- that box was... No. You know, the theatre box was absolutely packed full of lighting equipment. There was absolutely no way anybody could have been in that box. That's Bonnie Langford, who's in conversation with me this weekend, along with comedian Ross Noble. And I'll be talking to Ross and Bonnie tomorrow morning from 6, after the best of Steve Allen, and on Sunday evening from 9pm. And if you can't join me this weekend, you can listen to the whole thing for free by downloading the LBC Catch-Up app from the App Store on your iPhone or from Google Play on your Android device. So just go to... I I tell you every day I know, and luckily you do, it's lbc.co.uk. You can download that app and then you can stream. You can stream. As far as I know, there was something the matter with it the other day, but apparently it's all perfect. It's all perfect and whiz-bang, stars and... Everything. It's brilliant, which is good. So uh, go to the LBC website, lbc.co.uk, and then you can download the LBC app for free, which means that also, as well as getting the streaming, so for all the programmes back for seven days, I did say a while ago, I remember saying about three or four months ago, you should download as much as possible, because one day there's so much stuff on the system, it'll be just streaming. And it makes it uh, makes it much, much easier, much easier. Anyway, we've got uh, 25 minutes past six. Uh, have you watched, Steve, says Martina in Coulston, Eat Well for Less? 
No, I get depressed at programmes like that. I can't do that. The family were cooking three different meals a day, spending 280 a week, 14,000 a year on food. I don't understand. Parents should not pamper to their children's wants. Teach them to eat everything. Well, three different meals. I could understand if somebody was vegetarian, some was vegan or something. But, I mean, if it's just, you know, they're all eating... Most kids nowadays, if they're young, they eat chicken nuggets apparently, with chips and beans or chips. You know, you can't even get them onto tin chopped tomatoes because they're not interested. They just want chips or pizza, something easy. And so mums don't really cook as much as they used to. It's only people of a certain age that actually do do proper cooking. I don't cook. My mother cooked. My dad, I don't think, cooked at all. I think he reheated. I don't, I'm not sure if my brother can cook. Yeah, my brother can sorry, sort of cook. Which is a sort of cook. You watch, I'll phone him and he'll go, what do you mean sort of cook? I don't know. That's, that's the way I think about it. So, you know, it's one of those sort of things. So, I mean, you know, people nowadays, Martina says, don't have the privilege to cook three meals a day. What, what happens if one of them's veggie and they can't eat the meat or something? You know, that, that would be a little bit difficult, was it? Using the same logic, Steve, if you can call it that, the PC Brigade are employing with regard to man-sized tissues, I suppose Manchester and... God Manchester in Cambridgeshire will now have to be called Personchester and God Personchester, will they? Similarly, Mansfield in Nottinghamshire will become Personsfield and two stations on the London Underground will have to be renamed Persian House, Person House, which will cause confusion if you can't work out which one you want. Mansion House or Manor House, as they're currently called. I mean, honestly, how much more pathetic can it be? I agree with you. I think it just is ridiculous for somebody to claim about a sandwich that's on sale. You know, and getting paid 35000 a year, what a waste of money that turns out to be. God, I don't know. Uh, you're absolutely spot on, says Leon Barnett. Uh, some charity shops have got no idea about pricing. I suppose because they don't pay much rates or rent. Yeah, I mean, in a charity shop. I mean, am I mistaken on this? But surely in the early days you could get a jacket for a quid. You know, there'd be a quid for a jacket. Now, £50 for a jacket. They've had all sorts of things in the... Uh, in, in the windows, they have sort of items which they know have got high value. And they charge high value. Most of it's um, barcoded. Most of it's barcoded now. Gone are the days of poor people going in there to sort of pick up a T-shirt for, you know, ten pence or something like that. Good God, no. You have to find a jumble sale for that kind of stuff. And then the rest of it ends up in the charity shops. And charity is business. Big, big, oh, it has been. Always had been big business. You find little sweet old ladies to work in there for free who get the pick of all the decent stuff coming in and say, okay, well, I'll have that one, we'll have that one. And that, that's their little perk. They don't pay the same price as rates as everybody else. They get their windows cleaned for free. It's a right little old racket going on there for something that turns over hundreds of millions of pounds. Whereas there's little shops going under. If all these little shops turned into charity shops, it'd be a lot easier. We used to have one years ago around my uh, neck of the woods and somebody had obviously set one up to look after stray pussies. And to be honest with you, there was a fair number around Twickenham Way. And so that lasted for a while, then that sort of finished. But they must have made a fortune out of it. It's because people donate, don't they? Animal charities, people donate to. But when you look at the price in the... I should have taken a picture in the window. 50 quid for the jacket, 30 quid for a pair of trousers, I think £7 for a shirt. I'm sorry, are you a charity shop or are you Bentles? No, they're charity shops, and they look at you like you're mad. I saw a thing the other day, it was a game, it was all falling apart, and they were looking for £19. A charity shop. Ridiculous. Although for a lot of people who've arrived in the country recently, and then some will depart and some won't, they've never seen shops like this, as I can well imagine. Pamela in Glasgow says, I love your in-conversation programmes, like dropping in on two pals chatting. Wonderful. You wait till this weekend. Ooh, you wait till this weekend. It's a real good one. It, it is good. It's good. And some of the other people that we've done over the past uh, couple of weeks 
have been really good. You wait till you get Sally Fields interview. The lovely Sally... F- oh, dear, honestly, lovely Sally Fields. Uh, Karen says, on the sexist sandwich ignorance, do we need to have a word with France? It's been a while since I studied their language, but don't they apply masculine and feminine to most of their words? They do. You're quite right. Surely that has to stop now that we're gender neutral and can't use men stroke man in anything anymore. Love your show. I've got a cold at the moment, so I could do with a bumper pack of tissues. Oh, you mean man-sized tissues. That's what you're looking for. If you've got a, Actually, the funny thing is, you should never ever, if you've got a cold, use tissues. You know why? Because it dries up your nose and your nose will go all crusty and, all, oh, it looks horrible. You should always use a hanky. They're cheap on Amazon. I buy a big bundle of hankies. What? The matter now? Honestly, raise your eyebrows. Do you not have a hanky? Well, how do you blow your nose? With over the tissue. Over, no, use a handkerchief. I've got a hanky. I buy hankies. Man-sized hankies they are. You get like loads of them for not very much money. I'm a, I'm a dying breed, he says. You're a dying breed, Steve. We're all... I don't want to break it to you, being from Aberdeen, so he says, although we've not seen the passport. We're all dying, OK? We're all dying. There's no not dying. It's not because you're from Aberdeen, you're more, more privileged than I am. You know, there's a chance you might get run over, especially if I see you out on the streets. Definitely what? Less privileged. No, I don't think so. No, Aberdeen's lovely. It's the millionaire's playground. Not. You're listening to a podcast from LBC. Morning, everybody. 25 to 7. Nick Ferrari with you at 7 o'clock this morning with breakfast on LBC. Theresa May's come back from the latest EU summit, having once again failed to secure a Brexit deal. Nick will be joined in the studio by the Foreign Secretary, Jeremy Hunt, to find out if there's any chance of an agreement ever being reached. Anjam Chowdhury due to be released later, so Nick will cross live to Belmarsh Prison this morning. We'll also bring you the latest on the return to Britain of mad cow disease and asking if and when petrol and diesel cars should be banned in this country. That's all with Nick Ferrari at breakfast this morning from 7 here on LBC. Yes, I'd heard about the uh, the mad cow disease which was coming back. I remember it the last time. Thank you very much indeed. We don't want that again. And also, at what time is Anjam Chowdhury going to be released from prison? And will it be sort of a case of get him out very quickly or will there be, as I suspect, a battery of cameras down there to catch him coming out as if he's some sort of celebrity? Uh, Rich Britannia, we talked about earlier on, there's more, um, more multi-millionaires in this country now than ever before. M&S have decided they're not going to ditch the man-sized tissues, they've decided there's no point. They're going to call them man-sized tissues, whether you like it or not. If you don't want to buy them, don't buy them. If you want to buy them, buy them. Halinka uh, says we have a suburb of Guildford called Burpham, pronounced Burpham. Is that how it's pronounced? Burpham. Is it, it must be very difficult if you're sort of a, a tourist coming over here going, we'd like to go to Burpham. And they go, no, it's Burpham. And you go, well, how does that work? There's a place in Kent called, it's called what? Spelt Trottiscliffe, pronounced Trozzily. And the, where is that? In Kent? Well, that's ridiculous. I mean, there's an area in Glasgow, Milngavy, and pronounced Mulgai. Well, that's just ludicrous. How are you supposed to know things like that? I mean, up in, in London, you've, you've got uh, Battersea Power Station. Batasi. Batasi, I ask you. You know? It's like Spadulike, you know, all these sort of other places. You'll have to work that one out. 
Do you want to work that one out? No, we're going to get that one. That's spudger-like. And they do still exist. The dispadulike. <laughs> All these different pronunciations. My, uh, Jacob says, my local charity shop in Kent sells clothes from a well-known brand for double the price than its actual retail price. It's very odd, isn't it? They sell all sorts of strange things in our shops. <laughs> I saw a mulberry bag, says Marge, in the window of a charity shop the other day, popped in to ask how much it was. He said it was 600 quid. I couldn't believe it. This this was, you know, second-hand donation. Do- donation. The thing is, my friend told me she went there a few days later and it had sold. Of course, there are people who literally around my way, they come in on the buses, bless them, and, and then they go in and out of the charity shops. They're looking for certain things. They're looking for hoping that the little old lady behind the counter doesn't know the value of this piece of furniture or that. They do. Believe you me, they do. I bought table and chairs from a well-known charity shop, paid 130 and then they asked 20 quid for delivery, says Albert. I think they're businesses. They're businesses. You look at charity now, they're not all surviving. That's why whenever you see adverts on the television for, you know, there's a, a, a devastation here and all the rest of it, and then you check how much money these charities have got, you think, well, wait a minute, aren't you just topping up the coffers? And the answer is yes, of course they are. Jackie says Bonnie Langford was a scream in Just William. Pamela in Glasgow says, I love your in conversations. It's like dropping in on two pals chatting. It's wonderful. You're going to love it tomorrow. In fact, you're going to love it every day. Uh, I know. And John in Boulogne says, how do you decide who to have? Because it sounds like an honest exchange between you and the and the guests. Well, it is. I don't decide. Well, I do. Do I decide? No. I mean, what, what I tend to do is the, the producer, Beth, will sort of say, I'll run some names past you. So she will run names past me and I'll go, yes, 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 no. Uh, did them recently, blah, blah, blah. And then and then it's taken on from there. So we only talk... I'm losing my trousers. Um, it's, uh, we, we only take on people that we think... If somebody's been on recently, we, we tend not to uh, to do them again. We like to leave a, a gap between it, which uh, which always works very well, actually. Uh, Richard says, I don't know if you're aware, but 42nd Street... Where, what do you think I'm doing? A radio programme here. I'm not sitting at the top of a coconut tree. We announced that ages ago. Months ago. Months ago. Months ago. But they are going to see it again at uh, Chicago at the Phoenix Theatre. I was going through a hotel the other day. I went to Joe Allen's. I had my breakfast, went down. I thought, oh, I'll nip back and use the toilet. And as I walk in, there's three ladies in the Strand Palace Hotel. Um, I'm trying to find the gent's toilet. And this, this lady said to me, she said, you are, aren't you? And I said, desperate for the toilet? Yes, absolutely. And it turns out. And then the other lady said to me, she said, I've got two friends that wake up very early in the morning to listen to you. Well, that's nice, isn't it? Who they thought I was, I've got no idea. But uh, that's great. It was only before that that Rob, Rob Goldstone had said to me, he said, do people recognise you? I said, well, because of the internet, people know what you look like, roughly. So I, I tried to disguise myself. Never works. Never works. Uh, Steve, yeah, so for, you must go see 42nd Street. Finishes Jan the 5th. It's such a big, biggest company, I think, in the West End. Uh, also, rub Vaseline on your nose, then Vicks on top of that. The Vic helps with the breathing. And the Vaseline, says Mag, stops the drying out of the nose. Reapply if you have to blow your nose regularly. At, uh, well, touch wood, I'm all right at the moment. I don't have a cold or anything like that. And I've been around a few, and I've also not had my, um, my injection. I should go and get my, my flu jab, shouldn't I? Because I'm, I'm top of the, uh, the list for sort of people who are sort of at risk, as they say. You don't want a cold or something like that. I'm generally quite lucky most years. I sometimes get this throat thing. Always at Christmas time. Don't ask me why. Better not happen this year. I should be very cross because I'm working Christmas Day. I should be entertaining you. Ta-da! Thank you. Probably juggling, something like that. On Christmas Day morning, it'll be me and the Australian producer. He's very excited. I saw him the other day. I was on the bus sitting there, you know, 
And he he was crossing the road. I thought another second we'd have got him. And uh, and he crossed and he sort of he walked past the window. And I was going to bang on the window, and I thought he'd only ignore me because he had his little earpieces in. And uh, and I thought and then I thought what do I want to socialise with him for? I don't even like him. So there's no point at all. So I didn't bang on the window and he sort of wandered off around the corner. I think he was wearing a Mac or something. And uh, Steve, um, bam, 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 uh, another one here. Uh, here's another. Martina and I cook every evening from scratch, work full time and have two children and a husband. Want to feed them good food or am I too much of a control freak? Listen, it works for some people. It works for some people. I've got a neighbour. She's Polish. Her husband works all the hours God sends. She's got children, I think two or three. And, and now she's taken up jogging. I've, I don't know where she finds the time from. We all asked the other day. He said, where does she find the time? How does she find the energy? You know, as anybody will tell you, bringing children into the world and then looking after them when they're little and doing all the other things and keeping the place clean. It's, it's really difficult. Really difficult. Of course, the other one, the city in uh, America, uh, Arkansas which is really pronounced Arkansas, says Shane. Yes, I mean, Arkansas. It's, why do we change things like that? You know, it's, it's, why is it? Massachusetts. Oh, that's a really bizarre one, isn't it? I can't remember how you spell Massachusetts. I could do Mississippi, because that was M-I-S-S-I-S-S-I-P-P-I. Yes. Yeah, well, it's not worth worrying, but you're never going to go there, are you? Why would you worry about it? Oh, you been there? How exciting. So big-headed, honestly. Oh, I've been to Massachusetts. He only mentioned that, so I then go, oh, you had you know, to worry you won't be going to Massachusetts. And he goes, oh, I've been to Massachusetts. Like, I'm bothered. It's like, you know, we had a royal wedding. I don't care. I don't care. I don't care. What... It's like the other day somebody said to me, where do you think that uh, Eugenie has gone on a honeymoon? I'm like, who cares? I couldn't care less. I mean, Butlins, Skegness, I don't know. Where would they go to? Mystique? I should imagine. Mar- Princess Margaret used to go there all the time. Uh, or Nicaragua, or failing that, they have a chalet. Daddy's got a chalet in Verbier. You know, they can go and stay there. Who cares? It's got nothing to do with us. Uh, great hearing uh, Bonnie Langford, says Jeff. Superb in Doctor Who and still doing uh, this with Big Finish. Yeah, she's, she's, doing, um, she's doing 42nd Street until the end of the run. What, seriously, go. I mean, I keep saying to you all... You know, if you want, if you're into show business and you love, you know, something that really is going to get you going and you're, you're of a certain age, you're going to love it. You're going to love it. The enthusiasm from the cast, exactly the same as Kinky Boots, exactly the same as Wicked, where it never ceases to amaze me that, you know, all the kids who go to it, they know all the words to the songs and everything. But 42nd Street has a, has a, a little soft place in my heart, because I just think it's, I wish I could do it. I wish I could do it, but I can't. Charity shops are raising money for charity, so the charity can carry out its charitable work. They've got millions and millions. If they didn't have the charity shop, they wouldn't be worried about it. The shops are not usually fulfilling part of their charitable purposes. In addition, charity trustees have a duty to maximise the income of the shop. God, it sounds far too... So as I said, it's a business. That's exactly what I said. It's a business. It's got absolutely diddly squat to do with charity. It's to do with business, Mary. I mean, surely you can realise that. Because they always make appeals, don't they? They go, oh, children are dying, so-and-so, so-and-so, so-and-so. And then you check with the charity, they've got, like, £400 million. Even charities. We, we discovered a little charity the other day for donkeys. What was their yearly income? Over £60 million was going in for donkeys. Do you think the donkeys know there's that much money in it? Seriously, we couldn't believe it. We, a friend of mine phoned me and said, you won't believe this. He said, I was checking out this uh, charity for donkeys. And he said, they actually, you know, turned up 60 million quid in a year. I said, good God. 
That's why it's business. That's why it's business. Noreen says, I've just realised it's Joe Feldman's birthday. So wish her a very happy birthday. So have a happy birthday, Joe. And uh, you have a lovely Friday and Saturday as well. And Meb says, flu jab, hurry. They're running out. They'll always get more for me. They'll always get more for me because I've been to Massachusetts. You're listening to a podcast from LBC. Pablo says, you always make it sound like you're a charity shop for substandard producers. <laughs> no, they're quite sweet, really, honestly. Uh, Dave says, I used to work for a charity in London. The manager earned over, it earned, it earned it over 100,000 a year. People like him are why they need to try and, and, uh, and get the money out of people. Yeah, so I, it's a business. I keep telling you it's a business. I know what it is. I'm not stupid enough to think it's anything but a business. And in fact, now you have managers who run quite a number of shops in that particular... But we've got loads. We must have 20 charity shops in Twickenham. Seriously, 20 charity shops. They are business. I never give to mainline charity shops, says Stephen Cardiff. Not as long as their CEOs are earning more than the Prime Minister. Just take a look at the salaries of some of these people. Yeah, but they're paid those salaries because they can, they can boost the, the amount of income that they have. As I say, when you hear some little, little charities... And, they, and they're turning over like £100 million of pounds a year and all the rest of it. And then you hear of ladies who've, uh, who've had a really bad experience because they've given to a charity, stupidly given their telephone number, they then got bombarded with all the other charities. Once they've found somebody to tap into, they tap into them. They're looking for long term. You know, believe you me, after some of them come on and go, oh, just, just £2 a month, we find you've got 24 quid a year and they're going to give you a cuddly toy. They're going to be looking for more... More donations. Definitely. Definitely. Uh, Steve, uh, I work in the NHS. They're not running out of flu vaccines. There's a phased rollout between now and the end of November. Thank you, Andy. And, uh, and Marge says, I have a friend who manages a very well-known charity shop. He tells me the upper management treat him and the staff really badly and expect to meet high targets. Of course. It's a business. They have to look for, for targets. You know, and they do go away. They, you know, the, the, the upper echelons earn a lot of money and stay in expensive hotels because they're trying to work out how they can get more, more money out of the business. They're businesses. That's it. So, in other words, if they then have a disaster in wherever it happens to be and it's going to cost them £30 million, they need to take in £30 million to top up the £30 million they've just taken out of the account. But uh, you'd be horrified if you discovered how much these charities that you've probably never heard of are actually raking in. Jill says, rush to Bracknell today, Steve. The Queen is visiting. Woo! And my producer went, oh, what, what's big about that? You know, I think it was mainly because it's Bracknell. And we don't get very excited about Bracknell in this day and age. Mainly because there's nothing really going on there. I used to visit my, uh, my friends over there, but haven't been there for quite a long while. Peter says, have you got your Christmas decorations up yet? I don't really do decorations. I'm a light person. I'm a light person. I've got lots of, lots of lights. Which I, which I quite enjoy, actually, and, and, I, and I do wander around even, and I shall probably wander around at some point today to go to a garden centre and have a look and see what lights they've got. That's what I'm looking for. I'm looking for something unusual. I'm looking for something unusual. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a bit of a collector of, of Christmas lights. Front pages, Daily Mail, what your waist size reveals about you, and you may be surprised. Uh, also, the Beckhams, marriage to posh, says Dave. It's such hard work. Well, it probably is because you can't recognise her. She keeps having all this work on her face. We've got no idea who she is half the time. She either keeps the dark glasses on, but she's started having pictures taken without them. Saudi Arabia has lavished hundreds of thousands of pounds on British MPs. Apparently the kingdom under international fire over the uh, suspect state-sponsoring murder of a journalist has been pouring cash into a charm offensive. 
Uh, they're also staging bombing raids across Yemen. 38 MPs who got freebies. I tell you, by the weekend, you'll have names in the frames. Daily Star, Phoenix, Fights. K should have done Series 3, says co-star, the man-sized tissues, blown out in a snowflake row, crybabies. So Kleenex are going, OK, we won't call them man-size. OK, brilliant. Uh, the Sun this morning, Meghan Markle, surprise, surprise, over in Australia, uh, wearing lots of different outfits. As I say, there's probably rails of stuff arriving as we, as we speak. Uh, also, uh, from bad to curse... Joe Suggs' pro-partner, Diane, splits with boyfriend. It's another strictly dreary story. Anything to try and keep the interest going. Daily Mirror have gone with, uh, with Bex again. Marriage to Victoria, hard work. I should imagine it probably is. Imagine it probably is. But uh, now, now that we've got past um, Bex's funny hair, it's sort of, you can't work out if it's spray on or stick on. Really, I, I can't get there at all. Hero Dad is battered to death as he confronts Yobbs. This is the violent crime. Soaring in the country by 19%. Uh, his father was one from, from Windrush. He's horrified, absolutely horrified. He said you don't see police or the uh, or the council around there at all. There's people openly drug dealing outside his front door. He basically just said to them, go away, just go away. And that's when they, uh, that's when they started. Uh, Joy says, had my flu jab three weeks ago. I was told they've started them earlier now, the sooner the better. Yeah, I mean, at the moment, I'm fine. I'm, I will probably go and get it. It'll probably be next week. Because I think I've got one into. I've got Eric Idle coming in next week. I'm so looking forward to talking to Eric Idle. I really can't can't wait. I, I mean, I enjoy talking to all of the guests on the programme. But uh, Eric Idle has never never passed my portals, as they say. Uh, the Guardian, a front page uh, po- photograph of the uh, the frackers. Uh, here they are. They're now released. Recycling industry faces a fraud inquiry. The Times, the real Freddie, and why you should forget the Queen film. I should forget it because they're, they're doing a, a film about Freddie Mercury, uh, which should be interesting. I only met him once, actually. I didn't actually meet him, but I, um, I, I passed. <laughs> Doesn't sound as exciting. I wish I'd not mentioned it. Uh, also, the revolt grows over May's handling of the Brexit talks and the Daily Telegraph. Uh, how to declutter when you love stuff. Oh, dear, honestly. If, if ever, if ever. The council to order a halt on plastic recycling. Witch hunt weakens the forces. And British football, English football... Urged to address once and for all the crisis in grassroots facilities following the collapse of the £600 million sale of Wembley. So there you go. They were going to sell it and then it all pulled out. And that's it for this morning. Thank you very much indeed for your uh, company. So back uh, tomorrow morning and I hope you have a pleasant weekend. Just before I uh, go, I must uh, tell you what's coming up on the free podcast for today. We had a a bit of a session actually. On the little bit extra, I'll tell you about the, uh, the latest disaster for Strictly, as it's a day ending in Y. So one of the dancers, or one of the celebrities, who knows, has split from their boyfriend or girlfriend. That's how much I care. I've discovered that's what they think now. They think if you do that, then you can then you get on the front page of the papers because people are interested, and then they can go, it's the curse of the programme. You'll also find out what one of my fellow presenters here at Global is up to again, and the alarming discovery that I've made outside the building. I think they're keeping it quiet. Obviously decided, don't tell him too much, because you know what it's like once Steve Allen gets his teeth into it. And uh, also I'll tell you uh, uh, why Harper Beckham will not be taking part in the Spice Girls reunion, just like her mum, the super talented child, can obviously sing, so it's down to the clothes, apparently. My little bit extra is totally free. All you have to do to find it is go to the LBC website, which is lbc.co.uk, okay? Download the LBC app for iPhone or Android and tap on Catch Up. 
I will be back tomorrow morning from five on LBC. Yes, Saturday morning. Come rain, come shine. The best of Steve Allen. And then in conversation with Ross Noble and the actress Bonnie Langford from six o'clock. And of course, I'm then back live on Sunday morning from five with the first look at the Sunday papers. Coming up at... Are they ready? Just a matter of interest. Yeah, good. Coming up at 10, it's James O'Brien. But next, with breakfast, it's Nick Ferrari. If you enjoyed this podcast, listen to Steve Allen live from 4am Monday to Friday and Sunday from 5am.